All right, welcome everyone to the podcast that, for some reason, decided to put a number in its name, even though it can never get the right number of people half the time. <laughs> Did we just it's rebrand okay. it, the uh, Save the Universe podcast? Sure, why not? I don't mind. I started doing that with the uh, the spoiler cast, because it was too much to say, four nerds, Save the Universe, spoiler cast, then the movie name, and like I'm like, this is way too much <laughs> stuff, so I was like, I started calling them Save the Universe spoiler cast, I'm like, well, this is actually kind of clean. It yeah. doesn't come with the implication that we're supposed to have always four people. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, less words in there, so making a logo for it is at least possible. Yeah. I guess your four nerds one looked okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so... It's E3. E3. Yeah, it just, we, it's almost neither over. of us watched it. Yeah, so the way E3 works is it's a week-long thing, but uh, starting... Okay, so normally it would be starting on... I think it was starting either... Like, in years past, it would start on, like, Monday, and you'd have Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, Bethesda, you know, all the big companies presenting their their stuff, you know, during the week. This year, and even, like, to a lesser degree last year, they're like, no, we're going to start early with, like, kind of secret sneak peek stuff, except for then it makes their actual keynotes really boring in comparison because they already played their hand for everything. They're just trying to get in first. Um, but so normally it was supposed to end on like every major convention is now preceded by a week of pretend leaks. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Um, but so, uh, so I think it was Microsoft went first and Bethesda and then Devolver. And then I think Sony and Nintendo kind of did their thing normally. Um, but I didn't watch it because I was streaming and everybody's like, aren't you going to watch the Bethesda thing? And I'm like, I've been streaming for like two hours already. I'm not going to just stop to go watch it. But I guess some near I could just stream me watching it like everybody else seems to do. Yeah, the time it's, it's, it's been interesting watching myself change my entire reaction to E3 and the concept of it. Because once upon a time, like back when uh, it was, I think it was when they were announcing Halo 4 and, and uh, Peter Moore like t- uh, tattooed the, d- the release date on his arm and stuff like that. Uh <laughs> Like I bought those, I bought that E3 on DVD at GameStop wow. as like a multi-disc set, so I could watch wow. it at home. At like, cause well, like, yeah, that, I that guess those like, were two thousand three. So it was like streaming video was like a foreign concept. YouTube wouldn't yeah. exist for like two or three more years. <laughs> yeah, you, you. I think Google Video was a thing at that point, and this is, I this think is YouTube back when was I was like manually proto- downloading MP4s to watch Red vs. Blue. Oh yeah. So like yeah, I went to GameStop and bought the uh DVDs to watch E3. Like that was the weird like I cared enough to look at that stuff. Nowadays E3 also... passes by and I'm like, I don't know, I'll look up a list of the stuff they announced. Well, part of it is <laughs> like I don't 10 have years like ago, 12 hours to waste. 10 years ago the uh the games industry I would argue is a lot simpler. You know, there weren't indie games for the most part. And most developers only had like a couple of games coming out. There's still a lot of like kind of B-lister games. Uh but there weren't as many, I would say. Uh, I, 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 this could be p- me purely pulling this out of my ass, but I always felt the list was a lot smaller uh, prior to the like indie uh, explosion, more or less. And there also weren't that many remakes back in the mid two thousands that I remember. Whereas they like, got busy we, and big because all the money yeah. got big and the audience got big. So now they're uh, all number fighting all- for space. <laughs> Number one uh, question on the list that I've seen thrown your way as far as E3 is, are you going to play Bubsy? (laughs) (laughs) 
why would they do yeah, that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they're doing it. Uh, at least the developer for the new Bubsy game is actually reputable. It's not some no-name people, but uh, they're the people that made the the twin. Oh, shoot, are it's there the people twi- who both like and remember Bubsy games? Um, especially the two D ones. Oh, that's uh, what's confusing. The developers me, like- the. Uh, the developer for it is the people that made the Gianna Sisters, which is a reboot of a game series that nobody cared about either. So there's but, actually but a small possibility was, it and could be good. that was the franchise that has its birth as being a Mario ripoff. And that was the, yeah. the explicit goal of making those games to begin with. Yep. But they uh, actually I, did a good job with that. So maybe it's good. Probably not. I don't know. I don't know. I've never even vaguely enjoyed a <laughs> Bubsy game before. And like... <laughs> I only enjoy it as a after-the-fact joke thing than an yeah. actual, like, experience. But even then, like, the fascinating impossible train wreck was, like, the 3D one. Because of how, like, it just... Like, well, a the lot, 3D, like everyone the... got stuff wrong about 3D early on, but they managed to get every single possible thing wrong all at once. And so it's so special. Yeah. It's so special how wrong that game is. So if, if they tried another Bubsy 3D game, I'd be like... I, it'd be like a train wreck I can't look away from. But a 2D one, I'm like, all right, they they got the license for it, I guess, so they're just going to use it. <laughs> I'm probably going to completely ignore its existence. I just hope you get a free copy of it so you can make Andrew play it for a little bit. <laughs> I, just, I think everybody kind of hopes like for that. I feel like it won't even be amusing. I feel like it's, like, it's, it's almost hard, I feel like, for a, for a 2D side-scrolling platformer to be, like, super amusingly bad. Because, like, the... We- how often do they break in a horrible, glitchy, like nightmarish way? Like, have it, how much? How often do you ever see that? Like, I, I feel like it's always it's it's always when they try to convert to three D, where stuff becomes a nightmare, and that's when the the magic can happen of yeah. playing a beautifully terrible game. I mean, but, that's like constant for me with Fallout, but that's like yeah. Whereas two I mean, D games can be fantastic, but terrible two D games are usually just really boring. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh. It's hard to make like a a glitchy fun 2D platformer. It's easy to make a glitchy fun 3D anything. Oh yeah. You, especially if there's like ragdoll physics or physics in general. The moment you throw physics in it gets way way sillier. The moment things get weird and Sonic starts thinking gravity is over on the left somewhere and he's sailing through oh the air like God. a torpedo and you don't understand what's what's happening but I can't, can't wait I can't wait to see your fan character running through Sonic Forces. Oh, God. So, yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a trailer for Sonic Forces, uh, the new 3D Sonic game. Just, <laughs> I mean, just they, technically, just, this was announced months ago, but they... Yeah, it's been around for a while now, but it's just amusing to, like... This was supposed to be the year where uh, the other Sonic game comes out. Which one? What was it called? The one that's supposed to be good? Uh, Mania? Sonic Mania. Like, they're trying to make yeah. a proper... Sonic game by taking like what like Sonic like ROM hackers basically and having them yeah. like just make a proper game themselves well, because they uh, they've given up ROM at this ha- point. ROM hackers and uh, fan game makers. Honestly, yeah. it makes perfect sense though. Like if you want to, like go oh, back the to fans the fans are crazy. Just t- let them have the franchise. Maybe they'll fix it. And so well, like, they, but they but instead of letting that this year have that, they had to go and make another 3D Sonic game too. Well, I think Sonic Mania is coming out in like August. So yeah. You'd think they'd pace them out a little bit, if only to like not have weird. Remember years when they put out two Sonic, Sonic Boom releases. games the same day? 
Yeah, the 3DS one and the... Yeah. I actually didn't even realize the 3DS one was a separate game until yep, I saw, like, Rise a video of, of it, and, and I was like, the I don't other remember one. that. <laughs> yeah. And then also a TV show that... I I can't... Is, I can't imagine it did well. Yeah. I... I I will I would love to be surprised one day, but I'm generally I just don't have faith in Sonic games in general because Sega themselves just don't usually seem to care about their own property. Yeah, uh, Sonic yeah. games historically, not even just the 3D games, but even back during some of the 2D games, they're just known for always having rushed schedules and low budgets, and like they're just they try to just drive a profit for it as best they can by giving them as little resources as possible while also requiring them to make make like often like two games a year or more for the franchise and like it's it's like the yeah. it's a, it's the ultimate it's the ultimate case of like the Assassin's Creed thing that's been going on for longer than maybe any franchise ever and it's always been handled that way so like every like every, I've, it comes to light because I we keep playing the 3D Sonic games on sad games and cuz we love to watch the train wreck of course and every <laughs> single time the dedicated Sonic fans that support the game and and it's all it's obviously amazing and you're wrong always come up with the always bring up these excuses from the development cycle about how like this part was rushed or they didn't have enough time or something like that as if those were excuses the 10th time <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I at least got to give Sega or Sonic Team some credit because they keep trying new things. You bring up Assassin's Creed, and like, I tried playing one of them, and it ruined the whole series for me because I just nothing changes in that series except for I guess the inclusion of boats. But yeah, uh. yeah the uh, there's t- they they both try new things, but in different ways. Assassin's Creed takes the core formula and adds something that's totally superfluous to it. Usually, like. In in the in like the se- starting in like the second or third one, and then for, then for a few games after that, they like they add the Fable Two style like let's buy all the property thing, which yeah. just is where like money comes at you at a timer based on the crap you bought, and it's totally it doesn't integrate well with any systems in the game. And it's just there for some reason. They added bombs, they added boats, and every game would add one thing that mostly didn't matter that much. And I usually would get away with ignoring it for the entire playthrough if I wanted to. And then it'd often be gone a game or two later. So, like, there's yep. clearly superfluous. Uh, Sonic is weird because every almost every game is, like, some crazy gimmick of, like, this is what we're going to do this time. Like, this yeah. is the one where we... Shadow, we added guns and vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, here's the gun one. Here's the sword one. Here's the uh, one where it's, like, there's the Generations <laughs> one and stuff like that. Like, Here's the uh, one here's, where he's in love with a human. Here's uh, the werehog one. What's yeah. a werehog? Doesn't were mean half human? No, shut up. He's so, a he's a he's a hedgehog I, werewolf. I I will admit I tune into your playthrough and other people's playthroughs. I've never actually seen a werehog level. Like I've actually watched a decent amount of Sonic Unleashed, <laughs> but by sheer luck, I've never seen anything to do with the werehog. And I'm like, this just looks like kind of a shittier version of Generations. Like I don't see why it's so bad, apart from the dumb collectibles that you have to get to progress in the game. Someday I'll have to actually figure out like a werehog level so I can watch it. It is comparable-ish to Generations in that uh, I think I mean the gameplay is similar enough that I think they're actually they've actually have a very extensive PC project where they're remaking all of uh, the the daytime levels of yeah. Sonic. Uh, I've, I've seen those Sonic Generations, which is pretty impressive. Yep. But they look really nice, actually. Uh, Sonic, Sonic Unleashed has like a handful of like surprisingly decent levels, but then like. Uh, around the middle and through a lot of the end like you they quickly like the effort drops out and the daytime levels also become just as crap as they were in like sonic adventure and sonic 06 and stuff like that 
Uh, the Werehog levels, though, are just tedious. Just bad. It's uh, because it's well, it's like they try to do God of War ish stuff, but it's like really mindless button mashing, and it's very very slow. Uh, every level is like forty minutes long, practically, when compared to daytime levels being like three minutes long. So like eighty percent of your playthrough is spent as the Werehog, and uh, the uh, when you're not dealing with like really boring uh, combat that doesn't feel like it changes much from beginning to end, that you have uh a completely different platforming system with extendo arms and grappling arms and stuff that you never trust no no, no longer how long you play the game every time you jump at something you don't think your character is going to grab it successfully and you think you're going to die and it never gets better it's uh i was really confused why everyone anyone said it was the best 3d sonic game or like the air quotes well, the good one <laughs> i didn't follow fairly closely behind 06 so it was the I next mean, one it was like two years yeah. later yeah, so it's like if you take a shit on somebody's foot and then you hand them, like, a <laughs> stale piece of bread, people are going to like the stale piece of bread over the uh, the steaming turd on their foot. I um, mean, like, I think... Because, like, you say that it's good that they try stuff. I think they need to stop trying stuff and, <laughs> yeah, and no. just, like, polish one game that's just a basic 3D Sonic game because they've never gotten it right once yet and they keep... Instead of Wasn't just trying to get that right, they keep trying to add stuff to it. Generations, I generations is, and colors were both pretty good. Generations is real iffy, and it's also just remakes of levels that people liked the first time around. True. So it's just yeah, it's kind cheating. of a cop out. Like, oh, people liked one level of Sonic Adventure Two. Let's use that one and drop the rest of the game out into the dumpster. Like that, that, yeah. that game had almost no original levels, and all of those ones were also not great. <laughs> I guess uh, I just found it to be mechanically sound in comparison to any of the other ones. It's It got iffy at times. It okay. was better than the rest of the series in many ways. But even then, like it's they don't, they're not making their own... Like I want them to actually make a game from beginning to end and just focus on making it good and not yeah. like, create a core it, gimmick for give it. Give it Nintendo-grade polish as opposed yeah. to... Uh, Mario yeah. gets to have the water gun game and the gravity game and the weird hat game because they <laughs> already made, so they already made good Odyssey. Marios. I am so iffy about Odyssey, but I know it's going to be fantastic and I'm probably going to play it too. I'm just I'm like, I look at the trailers, I look at the footage and I'm like, that looks so fun, <laughs> but I hate everything that they're doing with it. And I, it's impossible to judge. Like the idea of, I mean, honestly, I just hate the fact that they have like normal real people new york whatever it's just like no i really it's why? super weird because it acknowledges that mario is some kind of weird deformed monster once he's <laughs> once he's surrounded yeah. by regular humans yeah and they were supposed it's the exact it's the sonic 06 thing where it's like you better yeah. fuck you better I, nail this because it's weird I, right now i i think if it weren't for actually sonic dx's like kind of weird city level uh like hub world i think i'd be maybe a bit more on board with uh odyssey but because there's like the kind of the people don't even look good because they don't have the same shaders and like quality to them. They look kind of weird and flat and boring. Yeah. It's like if they were kind of interesting, vibrant people like wandering around, I think I'd be more on key. But it's so like gray and featureless in comparison to the otherwise bright and bubbly uh, like Mario style. Like the I'd, the I'd almost rather Odyssey, just see everybody. Well, like the thing with Odyssey is like I get. I get faith in it mainly because their last 3D Mario game was absurdly good. Oh, Super Mario well, 3D World is one of the best 3D platformers I've ever played, polished to a ridiculous sheen. And it's and a just, and it's a four-player co-op game <laughs> and it somehow still works great. 
I have never actually played more than 10 minutes of that game, and it makes me sad. Though, I hear, like, a lot of people say that's always kind of the worst one. I'm like, it looks fun. What are you people... You people have know. odd I, standards. Might be, it might be it might be getting mixed up, or you or you know people with terrible opinions. Maybe either one. But their their naming scheme for these games is so bad. It's bad. It's yeah. genuinely hard to tell if you're talking about the same game that I'm thinking about or not. It's like there's Super I, Mario 2D World and 3D World and New Super Mario Brothers U and New Super Mario Brothers Wii and New Super Mario. Two oh yeah, the new like, the new series is super confusing and weird. The, the whole new series is just super uninspired. They're polished ish, but they're like they're just. It's like it's my understanding is that they, my understanding is that when they make those games, they basically have like the B team and the trainees like put together a Mario game because there's a formula for it, and yeah. they train that way to be better at for their like future Nintendo projects. Because the the new Mario games that are actually literally called new are. Just passable, just, enjoyable, and completely forgettable the moment you get through them. Like, it's not... There's nothing to write just, home about. I just remember trying to play that at a land part, Not a land party, but like a anime club party and being like, I can't beat this because this is too old school for this group. And like, yeah. I was the only one that would survive towards the end and then I'd die and be like, well, I don't have any backup. Meanwhile, hey. like, Super Mario 3D World is like one of the most fun co-op experiences I've had in video games. Like, it's just a really, it's a joy to go through. Actually, uh, kind of in that vein, uh, did you see the Kirby or the Yoshi trailers at all? Nope. What do you want? You want to tell okay. me about them? Uh, I mean, there's not too much to tell. Yoshi's going for this kind of cool paper cut style, which I really appreciate that so they're, they're trying to go for. Trend. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this one looks really nice. And Kirby's Kirby's going back to Crystal Shards, actually, with the uh, the move fusion thing. Uh, so if you suck up two different things, you can combine their powers and so on and so forth. That was but the first and last uh, Kirby game I ever played. I, I played the other one. ones. I played the one on the Wii. I don't think I played any of the other ones since-ish. I did play uh, Epic Yarn, but the, the lack of the sucking up and absorbing powers I found to be kind of disappointing. Um, even if it was super charming. But uh, both the Kirby game and the Yoshi game have multiplayer. And... I think that's absolutely wonderful, and Child Me is incredibly jealous because Child Me did not have a whole lot of co-op games to play, and now Child Not Me, everybody else, gets all these goddamn cool-looking co-op games on Nintendo, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, like, being a kid right now would be amazing. Now I'm kind of jaded. I'm like, oh, this looks fun, as opposed to being like, this is the best thing ever. Um, But yeah, both of those actually look passable and i'll probably play them too and be kind of sad that i can't four player kirby because that's some, a special brand of fun as somebody who wasn't originally familiar uh it was a trip uh as a, somebody who had split, had played smash brothers to finally play like kirby's ride oh. or whatever and then be like oh, oh look it's the exact interface from smash brothers they just yeah. kept well, it <laughs> like they used kirby's the same... air ride was crazy derivative i actually really hope they remake it at some point because that was also a really enjoyable racing game like um sonic all-stars racing transformed tier yeah it was just uh, the most but... explicit kind of confirmation of oh that's the exact oh, game yeah. director he makes both games and so he'll even use the same in uh entire interface for his menus and stuff Honestly, I like that, though. It makes it so much easier to navigate. I I do not appreciate, uh, like, inventory or menu navigation on new games. It's just like, where is any of this stuff? Yeah, Smash Bros. For, for always that had, guy, like, a really... For his, his, approach to to a, his, his approach to a screen interface is to be like, it's just, 
giant words covering the entire screen and the screen's divided into like five shapes and each of them has a word on it click on it click on the yep. right one find it <laughs> and there's like yep. no art on the screen it's just giant letters I like it's it like, whenever like we try and like, say the word. It's almost like Persona 5's uh, combat interface yeah. or something. Oh, God. Persona's interface is that way 100%, which <laughs> I find kind of re- refreshing, honestly, after playing a bunch of other JRPGs with, like, extremely nested. Going from um, Neo to Persona 5 was a uh, a trip of, like, wow, interface, just difference in style. Um, But, yeah, speaking of co-op, I did you see much of the anthem trailer, or did you skip around? Or did you, did you just stop? Uh, I've been skipping around in anthem for a bit. Uh, it's it bothers me that it's like as a because I like my Bioware games, yeah. and it's totally unrecognizable as a Bioware oh, yeah. game. <laughs> it's uh, like the it's, only part that's recognizable is the very beginning where when so-and-so is talking to the one character, but even then, that's almost more of a Uncharted feel than Bioware. Um, yeah. For better or worse. I'm, just, I'm, I'm concerned because it looks like an open-world game. and It honestly looks like they saw Destiny and they saw the money that, you know, Bungie and Activision made and EA and Bioware were like, yeah, let's do that. And Like, like looking at so its general are. gameplay... And its camera angle, and its enemy designs, and its inter- interface design, and even its control scheme of left bumper, right bumper, and then both at the same time. Like, everything about this screams like this was an iteration on what they did with Andromeda. With, yeah, with its third-person combat. As Interesting same- thing is, it's completely different uh, internal studios. This is the original mainline team. Yeah, the, these are the people that they've been doing since Inquisition. Yeah. <laughs> Can I... Uh, so... You you probably actually knew about this uh, before I ever did as Project Dylan. Yeah, I can never get over code names for game Dylan. game design. Yeah, just like don't don't call it code name Dylan, especially if like okay, I actually can't remember the name Anthem unless I'm directly reminded of it. It's I just instantly go back name, to code name Dylan. Yeah, like Anthem. Like I guess Destiny uh, is not that much better. But no, Destiny Anthem was always is... a bad name for a game. Yeah, These oh, yeah. stupid one-word vague names where that that don't evict they don't evoke any mental image of any kind or emotion or anything, and it's like a buzzword like PR yeah. speak thing. It still feels like a code name for a game like Project yeah. Dolphin or whatever. Like it's I mean you Anthem. could you could you could just call it code name Anthem, and everybody would be like. Actually, that would have been really clever if they had just called it Codename Anthem and just had it out there the entire time instead of Codename Dylan. Because yeah. I can't remember anything other than Codename Dylan. Like, I will go out on walks and be talking to Shell, and I'm like, I, you know, we're discussing it. I'm like, Codename Dylan. What was what was the actual game name? Yeah. Crap. Um, it's like how for a long time people just wanted to call it the Nintendo Revolution and just disregard the name change that was actually announced by Nintendo when they called it the Wii. Yeah. yeah. And then the Wii U... Yeah, I'm watching this guy do the third-person combat and his bumper controls for his powers and his little boost jet that he has to jump. I'm like, this is it's this is more or very... less a high-fidelity Andromeda. Yep. And the the issue I have is just that like I've never I've never looked at any Bioware game and been like the combat's the best part. Yeah, and I've definitely never looked at any of their games so far, of which there's at least two that were open world, 
and been like, that's a good open world that was enjoyable to explore. <laughs> so yeah, this game's banking heavily on two things that are not what they've been historically good at. And that's concerning. I'd love for it to be good, especially as it may. And maybe if I'm playing co-op with friends, I can just ignore all, all the faults a lot of the time because that's the trick of co-op yeah. is that you're just distracted by each other for a lot of the time. And so maybe yeah. that'll make it more fun. I I mean, I I know we're probably going to do a series on it. So I, I guess for me, it's a little bit easier to just consider it passable because if it manages to be effectively borderlands but maybe with less grind and more kind of like theme park elements i think i'd actually be pretty positive about it yeah uh, I, can, I can at least say i've never grinded in a bioware game yeah yeah but yeah it'll almost certainly be without with their whole formula so far because uh unfortunately andromeda and inquisition's open worlds were functionally identical like they are just yeah. the same game twice as far as that goes if they stick with that formula, it'll basically be a checklist of side quests where you just walk around the map and complete it like World of Warcraft style uh, while playing Andromeda third person combat. But multiplayer. I, yeah, I I guess the moment you add multiplayer that doesn't like totally suck, I get a lot more forgiving for things. Yeah. Do you think either uh, of us would finish this game if it wasn't multiplayer? No, like probably not. I'm looking at this. I'm like, yeah, if it. If it was solo, like, the dialogue thing in the very beginning was promising, but there was no options or anything. It was kind of just cut and dry cutscene, which is, like, unless they change that around, it might just be that, you know, kind of NPC talking face talking to you. Though, I think yeah, the player I, that's, character that's actually did respond. Like how, much, how do you interact with the story in co-op? Yeah. Like, because they, uh, their solution in Old Republic, I, I would at best call cute. Yeah, it wasn't really a solution for multiplayer dialogue. It was just a dice roll of who gets to do the dialogue, basically, which is it technically functionally makes that so that it works. But like, I don't know if that's the best way to handle dialogue as we roll dice to see who gets to who gets to every dialogue option and we get our parties like schizophrenic and insane. <laughs> I know this is a little like controversial, but I'd almost prefer they actually just remove player choice to begin with. Maybe like you pick a a personality profile in the beginning, and that's just what you're stuck with for the entire game. I mean, in um, all honesty, if they just want to make an open world side questy multiplayer game, they probably shouldn't have choice. Yeah, and frankly, like, I, I'm almost done with Andromeda, and it's almost a drought for choice anyway. Like they've yeah. more or less removed player choice in their most recent game for the vast majority yeah. of of scenarios. Usually it was like kind of snarky thing, kind of charming thing, but like all it's all like, of it led to the same it's ending. Fallout 4. So it's just like yeah, where all oh, of yeah. your answers are yes for most scenarios, but you can be uh you can be a smartass if you want to or not, and those I, are, that's your choice. I, I've been saying this for ages. Um, I keep saying this because uh, I'm still playing Persona Five, um, despite their shenanigans, um. If you're gonna have di branching dialogue and stuff, make it actually that the branches matter. Or just yeah. get rid of it and give the character a, a proper personality and writing and, you know, don't focus on the whole, like, procedurally generated reactions to, like, whatever. It's like, no, just just make it a linear story and make me actually engage. So yeah. if we play Anthem and the player characters just kind of as a group have either one personality or they kind of, like, add in extra things if you have a second person there, like, I'd be fine with that if I have no control over it. if you don't want to have player choice there. anyway, you might as well just let the characters just exist as characters, and then yeah. you have less work to do for the dialogue, so you can make that dialogue better. Yeah. The problem is 
new Bioware is what I'm calling Bioware after Mass Effect 3 came out, basically. Yeah. New Bioware doesn't ever really pick less work as an option. They pick yeah. the most complicated, over like overly overly ambitious in scope, crazy solution for all of their problems, and then they stick with it. And then it doesn't work out when the game comes out, and they're like, well, we were ambitious. And I'm like, no, you gotta stop. You're doing the Sonic thing now, where you gotta like, if you can't yeah. do the thing, you gotta scale back. It's it's, yep. it's iffy. So like, Anthem could be good. We could have fun with it, and I'm totally cool with that. It's just heartbreaking to know that the Bioware that I I liked starting in like 2004 is just probably dead, and that's the never one, it's never coming back. <laughs> the one potential uh, saving grace here is the writer for Mass Effect One and Two is back. Uh, for Anthem, like yeah. the the head guy that wrote that originally wrote the entire plotline for Mass Effect before they ripped that up and moved it around and did other things with it. So that franchise maybe, felt weird. Yeah, maybe he'll stick through it. Uh, my one worry is if it's uh, if it does the Destiny thing and it's it's you know kind of like a planned trilogy, quadrology, sextology, whatever, uh, where it like ends on the ends on a. a I guess a cliffhanger, and then it's like, wait till the next game and find out what happens. It's like, shit, I don't want that. I mean, playing with Mass Effect, I guess they wrap that up. Vanilla with no expansions, and getting to the credits where it had like a section for writers. You're like, this game had writers? Yeah. (laughs) For the three cutscenes where somebody says, I don't have time to explain what I don't have time to explain. And like, you you didn't say anything in this (laughs) cutscene. So, I guess on that topic, have you been following much for Destiny 2, or no, not really? No. I uh, okay. I fell off really hard with Destiny to the point where I don't even know anything about Rise of Iron, which has been out for like a year yeah. now. I, I was actually going to suggest maybe in preparation, we you and I could run through that, considering we played all the other expansions and more or less experienced that, we could yeah, run through could that. Yeah, play through Rise of Iron. Yeah. Because, um, uh, yeah, I, I've only made it as far as Taken King, and we were even probably late for that one. Oh, uh, yeah, we were. I, I was super into Destiny at the very beginning. You were there yeah. because we were doing World of Warcraft, <laughs> yeah. like launching was, the series. And I was worried for your channel, man, because you like shut down hard in favor yeah, of just playing during Destiny. During this era of time, I was playing the first Destiny. I was doing Vault of Glass raiding before any expansions were out, and that that was the end game at the time. Uh, yeah, and I was having a great time. It was it was like going back to like World of Warcraft raiding oh, and yeah. stuff like that. We're like, oh, you get a group of people together and you figure out these tactics and you repeat it a few times till you get it right, and that's like. That iteration can be fun. It's terrible when you're trying to run a YouTube channel or have a job yes. or anything. I was conveniently in a no job situation and yeah. my YouTube channel didn't matter yet. So it was easy to get away with it back then. And I'll pr- probably never be easy to get away with ever again. Uh, if, if I was uploading like can... one wow video a day, but that was back when I videos would get like yeah. seven views anyway. So yeah, <laughs> there was so no pressure matter. to care about it. Yeah, I, I still it wasn't... thought sad games was my main channel back then. <laughs> that was that's how uh, far back that was. So yeah. I've, I've fallen off of destiny the same way you would fall off anything that time consuming when you have a schedule in your life. Yep. But it looks like they've learned a lot of their lessons. They're introducing melee combat as like an actual direct thing. Uh, Cause people liked that goddamn sword so much in that one mission. Um, <laughs> I think they actually added... Yeah, they did actually add melee weapons, but it was either like a that, super or something. I think that's the whole premise of Rise of Iron is that they added melee weapons. Well, they had melee weapons at the end of Taken King, but we'd yeah, have to but grind so hard. They were, they were so like hard. gimmick items, yeah. mostly. I, I think they took the place of like the rocket launcher or whatever, but you'd have to grind so hard to yeah. 
get them the, that we never bothered. The average player's exp- exposure to melee in Taken King was just the fact that they added the physical melee weapon in like as like a gimmick item for quests that you would pick up for that quest and then hit pe- some people with and then yep. it would go away. Uh, but I think the whole point of Rise of Iron was to introduce melee weapons for all the characters cool. and like that's why it was called that and stuff. But I don't know for sure. But I haven't other things, I, I guess most specifically seeing this is kind of the question a lot of people I heard were asking is the game's out on September 6th, except for PC, which is a month and a half later on October 24th. <laughs> At least it's happening so, this time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Last like, time they were kind of, like console first PC later. Never. Yeah, question mark. <laughs> yeah, never. I... I it hurts to cover a game like a month and a half after its official launch. I know PC gets a beta at the end of August, um, but I don't think I'm going to get a PS4 version. I think I'm just going to get the PC version. And just be like, eh, close enough. Yeah. And I mean, as a YouTube as channel, it's not like you're going to outcompete the other channels no. on the one of the bigger uh, releases of the year. I'm just I, looking forward it, to it because I'm a Halo fan, so I just yeah. like playing through a campaign that still feels like a Halo campaign because the Halo franchise doesn't now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, back to the the Anthem thing, co-op multiplayer shooter, well, I guess co-op and multiplayer, co-op RPG shooter with kind of some semblance of a story and really cool visuals. Yeah, like, but Destiny's in first person, which is better for yeah. shooting. Yeah, very true. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing Destiny and actually being able to aim. There was nothing more frustrating than trying to, like, leap over a bunch of enemies and shoot them kind yeah. of while I'm doing the slow-falling thing with controller physics. Just miss everything. Ugh. I've just Ugh. been trained by Halo to be like, I know how to control everything here. Uh, I'm in this. <laughs> for Halo, I was always... Well, I started with PC on Halo, so going from PC Halo to Halo 2 on Xbox is torture. Uh, <laughs> I'm really only good with a shotgun. Because you don't need to be very far away. Um, yeah. Let's see. Okay, so I've, I people will admit I've stop, On that earlier topic, like, people need to stop making third-person shooters when the shooting is supposed to be the selling point. Yeah. Like, third-person's meant to be for, like, our game's cinematic, or our game's an RPG, and that's the behind-the-scene mechanics that actually control most of it. The- but when it's the a third-person reason... shooter, I'm like, but the shooting's better in first-person. You have, you always yeah. have better aim in first-person. You don't have to ju- only... question whether or not the bullet's going to go where the cursor's pointing yeah. or not. The only reason why third-person's kind of okay in a shooter is if the movement is really important. If you need to be, like, dodging or leaping around or, like, platforming off of stuff. Uh, Even generally that stuff having gets frustrating, feet. though, because, yeah. like, oh, yeah. in first-person, you know where your feet are. At least True. you know they're centered. In third-person games, your cam- your character's off-center every single time. It's yeah, not like Dark Souls I always where, have where the camera's fixed Warframe. on you. Yeah, when I was playing Horizon Zero Dawn, I'd be rolling around and stuff, and I'd be like, where is my... I, I would lose track of where my character was with respect yeah. to the screen, because they're not centered on the screen. I'm like, oh, crap, I, I misjudged yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, like especially one of the big uh, tiger mechs is like trying to claw your face off and is most of your screen. Yeah, when your Good character's luck. in the bottom corner of the screen, they start taking the territory of like a interface element. As opposed yeah. to being the primary focus of the gameplay, which is really strange to maneuver at times. Like, it's just not as immediately yeah. instinctive as first person is. So, I guess moving on to other third person co-op RPGs, uh, less shooter. So, did you did you see any of the Monster Hunter World trailer or nah? Uh, I've, I'm, I'm looking at, like, the basic okay. like video 
And it, it, it more or less just looks like Monster Hunter, but with significantly upgraded non-Wii graphics. Yeah. And for the first time, a Monster Hunter game that's not on the Wii and not on a handheld that has like 480 pixels. Yes. So for the first time, I'm seeing a Monster Hunter game that has detailed visuals that aren't aliased straight to hell. <laughs> yeah, so that, it was. But other than that, it, it was really like, nice. It to... looks the same. It, yeah, it was. Well, okay. So there are a couple of key differences. One, the grappling hook is completely new, and they also seem to have made it a lot faster. Monster Hunter is known for being very slow and methodical, slower, more methodical than like OG Dark Souls and stuff like that. Right, you'd get to like a boss and like quick. this impossible health bar would show up that you'd be kind of chipping away at, and then maybe well, there'd be another color under it or something. That was kind of one of the charms with uh, Monster Hunter. There was no health bar. You could never see it. Uh, all you could tell is based on context cues. Oh, so right. Like, the giant health bar was the player's health bar. Yeah, the giant health bar was the player's health there bar, was, which was it nice, was, actually. It was like weirdly monstrous, right? Yeah, it was huge. Like, <laughs> it always has been. Uh, I mean, it's kind of nice because the fights go on for like 20, 30 minutes. Um, I never I never played that much Monster Hunter, but it almost killed my the office I was working for. Because uh, everybody got really addicted to the first Monster Hunter game on the 3DS. Yeah. Uh, uh, Monster Hunter U. Because it was also on the Wii U. And so they would just take over the like lounge side of the office and they'd just be playing over there. And eventually, uh, the the one... Uh, the third, I guess, in uh, in rank on the office sat down and she's like, Okay, you guys need to stop playing this because we're not making money anymore. And they're like, Oh, yeah... And so then gaming was banned for like two months because uh, like the CEO and the, the CTO were both playing it too much. Um, but it looked I mean, it looked really fun, but it was sluggish and like some fights would take half an hour. And I was like, that I've, looks awesome. But I've I always been so for torn that. about this franchise because I like boss fights. They're one of my favorite things in games, basically. And I like like RPGs with like animation priority and like weighty combat and stuff like that, like the Souls-ish type feeling. Like I'm yeah. happy with a lot of those things. And I like co-op. That's also a thing I like. But then grinding. Like, the first thing people talk about when they talk about Monster Hunter is like farming materials constantly to get specific upgrades. And I'm like, oh no. So I will admit I actually played the Monster Hunter afterwards, after the Monster Hunter U. Cause yeah. um I think I was traveling or something. Uh, it's not as bad as you'd think it would be. It probably gets worse. But generally, you only ever f have to fight some bosses twice. If only because you're like, I really want this specific suit of armor. And I want the full set. So I'm going to have to kill this guy a couple of times. Um, but generally, after you kill a boss once, they generally get easier. Just because you know where the weak points are. You know what their patterns are. You're not getting beat down as much. And then eventually, so it doesn't not, have so RPG it's not war mechanics. <laughs> no, no, Where it's, I literally it's not couldn't feel my face at some point. <laughs> the problem with Warframe is they didn't provide enough variety between the grindable targets. Whereas Monster Hunter, at most, you're going to run into like a small handful of bosses only, that feel similar. Not only does Warframe lack variety, but there's also moments where you're just like, I can't really tell what I'm even supposed to try to do in this game to yeah. proceed half the time or get the they, things I want. They're they're not very opaque about that. I still don't understand some of the more uh, recent mechanical changes that are apparently super positive for anti-grinding, but... Uh, <laughs> but, 
my like hope is for monster campaign to play through where you proceed yeah. from start to finish and you beat That's all why the I things like Destiny. and then it's over. Yeah. With Destiny, it's like, yeah, you don't need to do dungeons unless you really want to do raiding, and even then it doesn't take that much work. Destiny does a good job of striking the striking the balance where you can become a obsessive Borderlands or MMO style player, or you could just play through the campaign once and it's like, hey, this is probably a bit longer than a Halo campaign would be, and then it's yeah. over, and then you yep. then you move on and you yep. got the same value. There's an have expansion from in a, a couple shooter. months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my hope with Monster Hunter World to offset the grind is hopefully there's player trading because if I can normally go off not? and play with, I don't know. I've never played Monster Hunter multiplayer, so oh. yeah. Shell and I played it for a little close. bit. I came very close, but there was like a there was like almost a lie being told. Yeah, uh, I tried. Oh, I got yeah. I got Monster Hunter on the Wii, and yeah. I got it specifically to play co-op. And the game yeah. says you can play multiplayer on it, and it says multiple controllers and everything on the little multiplayer, the really vague, oh. uninformative multiplayer, like, here's all the controllers you can use, uh, part of the Wii You thought it box. was going to be split screen? Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, me and Ouch. Andrew, we're going to go play some, we're going to go play Monster Hunter. We're all set, plan the evening out, and then we find out that you, this, this, it's like maybe yeah. a one-on-one arena mode or something. Like, you can't, you can't yeah, you have go to either the connect world with, together. Uh, you have to connect with either 3DSs or you have to connect... Uh, online to another person with a Wii U, so you and I could play Monster Hunter like right now if we wanted to. Yeah, but that, that was screen, not that so was infuriating nice. to find out that the entire thing was was not working out because they have yep. such a crappy way of denoting multiplayer on Wii boxes that it was completely unhelpful for explaining that specific scenario. Yep. Blah. But if if there is trading, then that should solve the problem because I know a number of my fans are picking it up for the PC. Yeah. Um. So hopefully between me being able to grind probably a little bit more than you and Bird and whomever else joins us, and then my fans helping, hopefully we should be able to just be set. Uh, speaking of animation priority, we've actually got we've got like probably at least two games in the C three that look like they might qualify as Souls likes. Ashen absolutely is in Code Vein probably is. So I so, so I had to dig around to find a real gameplay video of Code Vein because of course the core thing is just the uh is just the, it's just like, the trailer anime trailer. Just like look yeah. it's anime which I, by the it way looks like Bersaria or yeah it looked awful. I hate so the game the game has a very brown art style and it's very I, gritty and detailed and textured everywhere and then you honestly, see it, it reminds me of face. God Eater. You see a character's face, and it's just a blank as hell, super simple star- art style anime face under all this yep. like hyper detailed crazy armor, and I'm like, that doesn't like that always bothered me about anime. anime it's like, here's pro this anime, like, regardless, that's not a that's not an art style. That's not cohesive. Yeah, that it's boring. That's drawn yeah. by somebody else, basically. <laughs> like it doesn't match yep. the rest of the game. There's like a tales of yeah. There's like a tales of Bersaria character dressed in Bloodborne gear, and like they yeah. did, and they didn't change the art from either of them. It's like that's iffy, I'm, but at least they put the mask on. You can try to ignore it for most of the game. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I saw gameplay happening, and it was like I saw a character lock onto their enemy and circle strafe around them, and when the enemy when the enemy would hit, it would swing at them with a big weighty swing. The player would be- dodge backwards in a way that clearly phased through the attack without taking damage, suggesting an- invincibility frames as you roll. And I'm like, okay, there's. Being yeah. a Namco, Namco Bandai game, and I think they even used Prepare to Die or Dine or whatever. Oh, yeah, like they yeah used, their, they, their they, teaser they, from a couple months ago. Uh, it was Prepare to yeah. Bleed? 
Like it's from the it's Maybe. from the publisher of Dark Souls. It has a leaning on the PR of Dark Souls uh, tagline, and it has yeah. like animation priority and uh, invincibility frame rolls and circle strafing and stuff. Like, yeah, this is probably marketed as a Souls like. We'll see if how much it feels like that, or if it's good or not. Ultimately, but it's got some interest <laughs> from me from now. <laughs> For me, it I goes just back the to the face. anthem. Yeah, going back to the anthem thing. It's multiplayer. I'll play it. Like, <laughs> as long as they don't pull the Neo bullshit and be like, you have to play the game first before you can play multiplayer. Like, as long as I can co-op campaign through it, I could probably beat it and just not feel too bad about it. This, this co-op souls like isn't doesn't feel like uh, hopefully like a uh, necropolis. <sighs> yeah, uh, I guess kind of brings us to the other one. Ashen, which does kind of look like necropolis with the blank faced low poly style yeah uh, it has that it's actually its art style reminds me a lot of massive chalice also yeah it does yeah with like these simplified warrior characters that don't have faces and they look like they're made of poly like very yep very specifically designed to be made of like flat polygons like clay figures and stuff yeah it's it's uh low poly style it's super common now and i'm actually yeah really okay with it because i like that style oh yeah it's really clean i'm a fan of it yeah just because it makes it so that you can it makes the screen clear like we yeah. both played rhyme recently and we'll talk about that later in a different podcast yeah. in, in general but like a game having really defined boundaries for all the objects on it and clean colors that makes it super easily interpreted as a game that that's Part of the reason I think why retro style visuals are popular for 2D games is because yeah. you make it a 3D game like that Bubsy game coming out or like a lot of other games where like they want to make a fully fledged next gen looking graphics on their 2D gameplay yeah. game. And it's like, I can't tell what I'm looking at. Where's the platforms? And what's the like it gets they the also of the basic gameplay. so badly. Yeah. Like low poly cartoony and like kind of retro styles are ageless, if only because that's how it works. Whereas, like, Horizon Zero Dawn, which everybody's, like, vaunting as this wonderful, gorgeous game, it's going to look pretty shitty in about eight years compared to modern titles, even though that seems kind of ridiculous now. But there's a Steam I mean, page for Ashen, right? Yeah. Okay, because the trailer is part of the Xbox con conference, so it's all, like, coming to the, yeah. the Windows 10 store. I'm like, fuck off, man. <laughs> yep. No, <laughs> no one remembers that a... exists. <laughs> It's got a Steam page. I think there was one Microsoft game that I was really excited for, and then I thought it was like specifically for uh, Windows Store, and I'm like, I'm not sure if we'll play that, or maybe <laughs> I'll get it on Xbox. There's been multiple There's stories I've heard of people trying to get a game off the Windows Store and just giving up. Like, I guess I, I'm not playing that game. <laughs> I'm, I'm just never going to bother. Um, <laughs> it's just not worth it. Interesting thing really about... creepy about your... your, your uh operating system having its own built-in store in a weird yeah. attempt to like monopolize it all. It's yeah. a very mobile thing, which they're trying to move away from because they realize that nobody wants mobile PCs generally. Yeah, uh, but I'm I'm totally but, game for Ashen with its super atmospheric dungeon crawling thing, whatever oh yeah. it turns out to be. Like so souls like or not souls like, it just like it looks like it could be a really enjoyable thing to just explore. The interesting point is it's supposed to be a little bit more survival keyed ish. It's like their description is super vague, but it's like you kind of put together a camp and with the help of other adventurers, people, you kind of like build it up and find new people and forge new bonds or something crazy like that. But as long as it's online co-op, like they're advertising, again, I'm super stoked for it. But since yeah. it's not, it's not trying to be anything other than 
sort of souls likey as long as they don't screw up the mechanics like necropolis did i'm looking forward to it that's actually probably one of my top games from this year because how creepy is it watching that weird effigy man thing like claw its way out of a body in the yeah trailer? It's, it's it's messy it's interesting actually uh some of the boss enemies are are realistic and not low poly in the slightest which is odd to look at but yeah eh. they're like so gargantuan that they get facial features yeah, there's. Uh, if you look at the screenshots, the yeah, second the, one the is this one, like the, like the first one they try to show is that woman that has a covered face but an exposed mouth yeah. and everything, and she has like hair detail and lips and teeth and everything when yeah. no one looks like that. So the hair is like low poly, which is also weird. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I I love that <laughs> art style and I love the atmosphere that they've got going for it. Uh, that might be one of my top games from e3 honestly though obviously i want to see some gameplay first one of the most immediately interesting looking things but yeah it has that problem that e3 that uh the reason why it it, it runs against the problem of why i generally avoid e3 until i'm like oh i guess they don't tell you anything yeah like nowadays Uh, i guess it's kind of my job so i should probably talk about this stuff a bit but yeah if if i if i didn't have a motivation to do this i would be actively ignoring all of e3 because it's a mixture of games that are that uh, are far Might from never coming come out. out. Games that will never come out in many cases. Every year, games are announced that never come out and get canceled. Goodbye, Scalebound. Oh, yeah. Nice knowing you. Uh, yeah, remember that? Remember when the people yeah. that made Near Automata was, and Bayonetta were going to make a I really was, cool game about like a D- Dante from Devil May Cry with yeah. a dragon, basically? Yeah, I was excited <laughs> for that. That's gone forever. Uh, Bye. Yeah. Uh, they showed Cuphead again at E3. Yeah, I don't know when that's... Well, I guess they have a release date now, but I don't believe them. Um, well, speaking of that, that topic of games that uh, <laughs> it's hard to believe they have a release date, fucking Fortnite. Yeah. I'm uh, baffled. Well, did I tell you I have access to that? Like you have access to the game itself? Yeah, I got a couple of keys for it, but it's all NDA'd, so I've never bothered to tell you guys yeah, about I it. Cause I like, don't think you've mentioned that before, no. Yeah, but like, Fortnite... Like way way back, like when I was just starting Let's Plays and stuff, and I was and I was also at the same time writing for like like a tech site a little bit for like this narrow span of like a week practically, but it was at the very very beginning back in 2011 and shit. Like that was when I was like trying to write down like trailer analysis for the opening trailer for Fortnite. I, God, I it's, didn't even know about it. I, it is, I knew about Fortnite two years ago. No, it's um, seriously as old as news as like Cuphead was all those years ago yeah. and stuff like that. Like it's an owl. Fortnite boy, was yeah. announced so long ago that Cliff Blazinski was working at Epic. <laughs> so uh, it's okay. It's pretty fun, but it's kind of a grind fest and it's not as like dynamic or interesting as you'd think it would be. Uh, I actually was watching the developers play it because I haven't gotten very far because I don't want to play the game solo. Um, yeah. But it looks like it's kind of the same experience through, and th- uh, through and through. You usually get an objective. You have to build a base around it and defend it. Except for there are some kind of bonus objectives. Like you can take your supplies back to a more permanent base and upgrade that and defend that. And then there's like kind of horde survival that it's like you just completed this level. Now you get to horde survival it. Uh, with your like level that you just built, if you want to do that, it's one and of those if- one of those games that could be good, but man, it would have been like it could have been earth shaking if it came out when it was announced. Yeah, oh like, absolutely, it was an open world survival game with online co op and tower defense elements where you would. It's not survival the, anymore. Per yeah, se. Like, it's like it much had, like, closer. Worse must die. But I mean, like it but, had yeah. the whole Minecraft day night cycle where you're 
like during the day things are safe and during night monsters come out so during the day you run out and scavenge everything and then come back to your base and build up your base and its defenses to wear out the night oh, yeah. like, that was all this was all announced and shown in a trailer in like 2011 <laughs> like, yeah that's so no, that, long that would have been that it, this is a 2k game right um like this is epic epic uh who that's Cliff Lazinski and Gears of War and Unreal Tournament and Unreal Engine. I just don't... It, does Epic self-publish then, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They probably self-publish because uh, okay. supposedly half the games that are made by Epic, they're basically just like using it to test, like making the game in the engine is basically set, uh, them testing their engine as they're making it. Yeah. I just kind of forgot for a second. I was I was worried that it was going to be the... um. Uh, it was going to be uh, the Borderlands people because for whatever reason I thought they were connected, but I guess no. they're not, and that's for good. Me, because... I'm just like, ooh, look at these base building mechanics. Look at this, yeah. these combat no, moments. Fun. Then I see the warning sign, which is the uh, very, very orcs must die unchained looking like pr- like meta game screen. Yeah, the <laughs> where big they're old trading map. hero cards, and they have an experience yeah. meter, and like it. Like there's all a lot. Le- stu- there's leveling up. Uh, yeah. it takes uh, it's not a short game it looks like it's not as grindy as uh, Orcs Must Die but oh, I can't remember. only I time will tell <laughs> yeah only time will tell uh, they've got yeah. pre-order up already uh, which is yeah. kind of eh um, yeah okay so early access begins 25th oh yeah it, this is an odd thing they're a uh, they're a you know triple A game releasing specifically to early access uh, which I'm not used to. Um, but yeah, it doesn't look like they're doing thing, the free-to-play yeah. thing. But I so, also, like, I don't remember where I read it now, but I was seeing, like, people talking about the alphas and betas and things like that, and they were they were getting mad because I guess, I guess they must have overhauled the entire interface rel- relatively recently to work for consoles. I'd have to look. I haven't loaded it which up frustrates since everybody January? playing the PC version. Yeah. Now it's like I, now the whole interface is uh, optimized for controller use and is like completely not help not helpful at all for for uh, for PC. Yeah, but we'll see. Well, it's it's uh, just one of those games like No Man's Sky where I'm just happy to see it's finally goddamn out after all this time. But who knows yep. if it's who, it'll be good? Well, it'll be good for a multiplayer uh, series. Whether or not it actually gets finished, I bet we can. Uh, ring some fun out of it like everything else yeah god that's a long development cycle for what this game is yeah, it is well <laughs> it sounded like they've been kind they of must, they must have just given over. up on it at some point and thought it wasn't going to be made and then just revived it at some point like it must have yeah. just been not in development at some point <laughs> i got to imagine that but i mean i'm positive about it it looks it looks more like stupid fun where we can just dick around and make something silly and not like take it super seriously which is nice but also looks like it might get a bit repetitive and so on and so forth. Eh. I don't know. At least the uh the base price is 40 bucks. You don't like I think I'd be more negative about it if it was 60 cuz yeah. that would be asking too much. But like 40 I think when seems it was first reasonable. announced people always expected it to be somewhere more in the territory of like, you know, like a a budget game, an indie game yeah. like 15, 20 and stuff like that. I mean, it was announced so I... long ago. I don't think $20 indie games were even a thing people accepted no. yet. <laughs> And it was generally seen as being that kind of project because of its art style and general yeah. scope of gameplay. 
other games on the list. Oh, actually, going back to the uh, the low poly style, and you were talking about the E3 thing, uh, not having, um, you know, just being kind of a trailer without any useful information. Um, Tunic. I don't know if you saw the trainer uh, trailer for that one, but it's uh, you're playing as a. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't uh, put a link on the list. Uh, but you're playing as an anthropomorphic fox, more or less dressed up like Link and playing like Link from <laughs> any of the old school uh, Zelda likes, but with like a little bit more focus on combat and maybe a little bit less on puzzles. Um, but it's got an absolutely wonderful low poly style, just like uh, Ashen. And I guess I'm kind of excited about it because I really love old school Zelda likes, but they're so rare apart from like you know nintendo making it themselves and it looks gorgeous uh do you need a link or did you find it i'm at the video now uh it actually in the circular nature of this conversation one of the someone we talked about earlier uh with souls like and stuff like that uh from software was actually one of the people that made one of the uh retro uh zelda likes because they did 3d dot hero wait that was really that was the people that made Dark Souls. <laughs> they made three huh. dot hero. I had no idea. They have a super weird history before Dark Souls. They do, they, like, I, they, like, because they're the armored core people and they're the three yeah, D dot hero. I, people I knew them in enchanted I, arms. <laughs> it, it took me some time to put two and two together. That it's like, wait, you mean the armored core team stopped making armored core because of Dark Souls? I can't be mad about that, but I'm still mildly sad. <laughs> Um, they made like one or two of them after Dark Souls started, like I think AC yeah. for Answer or something. Yeah, but they were bad, so they've given up on it. Unless yeah. they like come, I mean, if they made Armored Core with mechanics much closer to Dark Souls, I think they'd hit like a pretty nice jackpot there. Yeah, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Yeah, I'm looking but, at Tunic. Not a lot to talk about immediately. Just basic I, like 2D top down, not 2D, I, but like 3D graphics, but a top down isometric style, yeah. old like Zelda ish looking game. I guess I just wanted to mention it because it's so heavily lampshaded by practically everything else we talk about. And like for me, indie games are kind of my channel's lifeblood. And so it was nice to see some of these at least getting a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a I guess Here's feature. A surprise you don't expect from this game because you because you expect it to just play like dark uh, like Zelda. Yeah. But what quickly becomes apparent actually is that the game has a lock on system. Yeah, it's and got a lock-on you, system, you dodges. straight around your enemy and oh, yeah. dodge their attacks and stuff. And if it's like a big boss, your entire camera even rotates with you when you're dodging around the enemy. Yeah, so it, it, it looks like it's uh, old-school Zelda-like with more of a focus on combat, which is really good. Yeah, because... the, game, the game turns out to have like an adaptive camera where it's going to be all yeah. isometric for the exploration. But then when, once you're in a fight, it can switch to a more useful style. Yeah. It's one of the worst things about that kind of lock-on system is if you, like, dodge past your enemy, but then you have to, like, keep reorienting or, yourself because the camera's not moving with you. Or if you're behind them or stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's really weird to, like, dodge. Like, oh, I'm the, the enemy's in front of me on the, from, from the camera's perspective. Now I dodge past the enemy. Now I'm behind the enemy. Camera hasn't and changed. I can't see I have, shit. So I have yeah. to invert all of my inputs on my controller and things get Ooh. weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that could be interesting. But yeah, I I guess that's I guess I'm always going to look forward to the kind of weirder more indie games and Tunic. Uh I was surprised to see it because yeah, not a whole lot of Zelda likes and it's nice to see that they're not just following the formula. Yeah. Um we're definitely starting I, to lean really heavy though into this like Instagram art style. Yeah, eh, yeah. Like low poly, yes, but uh 
I like the low poly general feel. The one that, the, like, specifically polished low poly, not like outdated game low poly. But, uh, yeah, yeah a lot of games are falling into the exact same color scheme of, yeah. like, this Instagram filter. Oh, this is a Finji game. Yeah. They're getting around. Well, Finji, Finji isn't of... making it, but they're publishing yeah. a lot of yeah. things. Publishers of uh, Night in the Woods, the other game with the Instagram filter <laughs> color scheme. <laughs> and oh, a few I other think... ones, actually. Yeah, I think this might actually be a solo dev project, not that it matters. Unfortunately, I don't like Finji that much because their PR people are kind of mean. Uh, rude, <laughs> I guess. Um, Shots fired. So, so I, I've spoken with them in person and like specifically like had a long conversation. <laughs> at Wanderbot, at Finji Games, hashtag burn bridges. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had specifically asked them, hey, could I get like a raw version of... Uh, die anywhere else like the song uh as it was meant to sound without all of my like garbagey like failures because i can't do rhythm game oh yeah i think you told the story on a podcast actually yeah and uh they said like you can buy it from our website in two weeks now and i'm like i kind of needed it by like the end of the well like in a day (laughs) or two and like i've i've got a fairly popular let's play promoting your game and they just never even responded to that and i'm like okay well i guess i will (laughs) I guess it, they kind of do the Devolver digital digital thing where, like, they kind of just ignore the fact that YouTubers exist for the most part. I guess it's fine, but it's still kind of frustrating because, like, I can have really positive experiences with a lot of I, other developers and Devolver publishers. I love Devolver Digital's Can I Let's Play Your Game uh, pay, web page, which just says, it's just a web page that says yes, just the word, yeah. just floating. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I actually once talked to, back when I think I only had a couple thousand subscribers, I talked to one of the people at the Devolver booth at PAX East, and they're like, yeah, we just we just don't do it. Uh, you know, if, uh, we know people are going to play it anyway, so if a YouTuber yeah. wants to play the game, they just have to buy it like everybody else. And I'm like, I kind of suck, but where I understand. It's almost accepted that everyone's... At this point, it's just a thing where like there's almost nowhere to regulate it, and almost everyone just does this stuff. Like it's so accepted that now the PlayStation controller just uh, just has a button that says share on it. Yeah, like that's so widespread. The idea of people streaming and YouTubing everything that like trying to get in the way of it is so it's going to be one of those things where you're only punishing selective random people. Yeah, and most people still won't and aren't going to learn by that's based on the adva- uh, the example because they're not going to notice the other person was even caught or punished in the first yeah. place. So yeah, if anyone's curious, there's a website called Can I Post and Monetize Videos of Devolver Games dot com, and it, the page the page just says Can I stream and monetize Devolver Digital Games? Yes, that's the whole page. Yeah, I mean, I like that though because I've definitely had problems in the past with like YouTube, yeah, uh, denying yeah. me. This is a problem before I joined Curse, I guess. I don't know if you have this problem ever anymore. Uh, where I had this whole like email chain arguing with some YouTube representative being like, look, uh, Ed McMillan has said repeatedly on all of these sites and all of these different places, you can monetize Binding of Isaac. And the person's like, but he didn't say it to you specifically. And I'm just like, the f- <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> N- Northern Lion wouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, man, the developer um, one even says, like, please enter your Twitch or YouTube channel name to automatically create written, written permission. And it just yeah. literally creates so, an entire letter that features the name that you typed in that you yep. can send to anyone to explain that so, you have permission. I, <laughs> I, I like the fact that they at least do that, but I also really wish that they'd actually just partner with some YouTubers and be like, yeah, here's a copy. Because uh, for I know for me, Devolver is the company that I will buy the game 
do a first impressions video of it. And if I don't like it, I just re- return it. And sometimes I don't even put out the video, but it's just like, it's not worth it for me to cover the games half the time. And if I do, it's just like, well, I guess I'll put this video up because I put the work in, but I'm not going to spend, you know, 20, 30 bucks. I, I did the, this with Strafe, which was awful, except for I deleted the footage for that one. But I was just like, I guess I'll just record the one off and then throw it away. And then it's like, wait, no, this is terrible. Never mind. Um, but that's this is kind of more podcasty things. Let's yeah, you, get back you to games. Yeah, you don't like doing the uh, the one off. Let's try of a game that you don't like. Yeah, I usually just throw it away because I'm always afraid everybody else is going to be like, no, 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 no. Play more of this <laughs> uh, because then I'm obligated to go back to it. And I'm like, I don't want that. Um. That's why my channel has Secret of the Magic Crystals on it, and yours doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, see, so I guess next game on the list that I'd like to mention is Moss. I think Moss is actually one of the very first VR games that I'm interested in. Um, I don't have a link for it, but effectively, it's a, a mouse hero with like a sword and I think a shield. And it's like doing a dungeon crawl. And you're not the mouse. You don't play as the mouse. You're just helping it out, solve puzzles and stuff like that. And it does the combat for you for the most part. And this is actually a game idea I was talking about a couple weeks ago, I think, just on a random video. And I was like, it would be really cool to have this game where you're nothing more than just like the random side character. Effectively, the uh, the second player from Mario Galaxy. It almost looks like Ori in the Blind Forest, but you're playing as the blue thing. Yeah. And like... I by which, really by which like I, mean, I, don't, I don't mean the glowy thing, but the blow, the blue man mother figure character. Yeah. Um, but I guess I, I guess I'm just kind of excited to see games trying that because most most VR games have just been totally boring. Like, do a first person shooter, but you can't move because yeah. we can't. We haven't figured that out yet. I'm like, I'm, it's nice to see somebody try and get inventive here. Uh, yeah, and I'm it's hoping like some sort of like lemming type thing where you're yeah. a third person thing that's not the main character and you're trying to guide this character around by manipulating the environment. Yep. I it could be really bad, but it's at least nice to see them try. And I hope. I mean, what's going to happen just with VR, VR is either someone's going to come up with a lot of really inventive ways to deal with it, the specific rule set of VR that's completely different from what works with other types of games, or VR dies. Yeah, <laughs> those are the options. They can't. Yeah. They can't. It's too, it's they too can't expensive make shitty to be derivative mainstream. stuff all day, and they also can't just make like normal old games and just call them VR games. Like they yeah. have to invent new things that only work with the system and that complement the rule set of the system, or they won't have their market. They need a Breath of the Wild to sell the Switch <laughs> situation, and so far I've mostly just seen they need. They need to escape becoming the Connect. Yes, which became dancing game peripheral and nothing else because that was the only thing that actually worked well with the connect so you'd actually mentioned ori and the blind forest uh did you see that the sequel was announced yeah i was looking at the trailer which looks exactly what i thought it would look like which is just hand-painted visuals of a pretty forest and suggestions of darkness (laughs) except for this time the owl chick from uh, Ori in the Blind Forest is included, so hopefully that like kind of changes the mechanics somehow. But honestly, yeah. if it's the same game with a different story and different level set, I'm totally okay with that. Ori in the Blind Forest was amazing. Much like and Destiny, a... it's like it's like the most unnecessary trailer to watch because like it's yeah. a sequel to that thing you liked. Guess what? It'll feel mostly like that, but with something new and then yep. more level. Yep. And it's like I'll play that. I don't need to yep. watch anything about it. 
I'm actually listening to the Orient, the Blind Forest soundtrack right now. I've been listening to it kind of off and on since I played the game. It's good, yeah. Good soundtrack, um, good visuals, good gameplay. Happy to see more. Yeah. Uh, I guess let's look at the list. I'm skipping over a lot of like solo stuff because, I mean, that's kind of just Boolean. Like, yeah, I'll play it or I won't play it and it'll just keep going. The Mario. Uh, did you see the any of the Mario stuff? The Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle? Oh, I was gonna say like we already talked about Mario. No, <laughs> I'm confused. No, the other, the yeah. other Mario. This is the one where everyone's saying that it looks like XCOM. Yeah, it's like a ta- turn-based tactical shooter, probably with Mario and Rabbids characters. Just fascinating, I, and I guess like the the lead developer guy was like was like crying at the conference because he was so proud of his project and stuff like that. Like it was all because he was being complimented by Miyamoto for making a, a Mario licensed game. And it was like ruining. It was like just ending his life, basically. Like this is it. I, I don't. I don't need to keep going. That's good for him. I don't know. I I heard about it. Like people were like talking about like Mario Rabbids XCOM, and I was like, that sounds stupid. Then I watched the trailer, and I'm like, I'm interested despite myself. And that was a very yeah. weird feeling. You, I hear the word Rabbids, and I'm immediately like recoiling away from well, it. Normally, I've made Rabbids games in the past, like the shitty Flash games uh, at my old job. I. I absolutely hate them. You've actually worked on a rabbit game before? Three. Yes, they're not good. I hate them. I (laughs) I think they're the like shittiest, uh, least creative thing that apparently got turned into the minions from Despicable Me somehow. That's the thing about rabbits is that they're like they're unappealing because they're that type of thing, like the minions, where it's like, oh no, it's that like weird, marketable, cute thing that's just like an almost featureless thing with cute like with eyes and like it gets it gets into shenanigans. Yeah. And, like, I can kind of see the appeal if you were a kid, but now that I'm an adult, I'm just, like, just leave yeah. it out of everything that I love. And now they're mixing it with Mario and it, as a tactical shooter. And I'm like, wait a second. These are things that I like now. I, uh. I always had issues with, uh, I always had a bad impression of, of, uh, rabbits from the get-go because I would hear about it via, like, the True Achievements website where people are trying to get completionist achievement playthroughs and Ra- Ra- well, Rabbids was one of the f- most prominent games for a while that had a completely uncompletable list because you couldn't finish the achievements for completing the game entirely because you couldn't finish the game because they the most basic incompetent thing happened which is that you had to get certain amounts of points unlocked throughout the campaign to unlock like the next things as you were progressing through like the mini games or unlocks or whatever. And you would hit a point where all of the total acquirable points of the entire playthrough were not possible, like would not total what you needed to unlock the next tier of thing. Yeah, it's like the recore issue where you get gated by a a wall, except there literally wasn't that many in the game. So you couldn't get the old achievements because you couldn't beat the you couldn't get all the contents in the game. They literally just didn't make the number right. Yeah, (laughs) it seems like the most catchable thing in the world. And I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah, they did that with uh, Space Station Silicon Valley. There's like this secret level and all this stuff like that. And you had to collect every secret trophy. But one of the secret trophies didn't have hit detection. Yeah. Uh, Rabbids is a Ubisoft property, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I can see why this exists because Ubisoft, I think part of their mission statement, aside from making annual uh, Assassin's Creed games and so on, is to the moment a console comes out, they have to get a property on it. Yep. But they got burned last time with uh, Zombie U. Yeah. Which 
Bio Which is a shame because it's, we... it's supposed to be a super yeah, it's actually, game. It's but good. It fell I've flat played it. The console fell flat. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's some motivation as to why they're they're the the Ubisoft Nintendo console premiere type game now is like a like Mix a collaboration. Up, mashup, yeah. <laughs> like no, I'm you're sh- you're sharing the risk here, Nintendo, because of what happened last time. <laughs> I can see that happening. Yeah. But I, I want to see actual gameplay from it, but surprisingly, it looked good, which yeah. surprised the hell out of me. I mean, it looks like a tactical game of people dashing to cover and doing turn-based stuff-ish, and you can't really tell yeah. what the gameplay mechanics are generally. But if it's any, like, like as far as I could tell, they seem to have nailed it with, like, uh, Captain, Code, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker when it yeah. comes to, like, thinking style games. So they can probably come up with some cool stuff for this. Yeah, and if I'm, it's... I, I'll be happy to see it. Yeah, if it's simpler and maybe less like dense than XCOM, I think I'd also enjoy that because I I have the hardest time with XCOM, especially like that mischance. Just uh. <laughs> I've been dealing with that with Regalia. I did a mission where every single one of my characters well missed one guy for like two rounds, and I was just like, "But this was a timed mission," and then I failed. <laughs> uh, it was awful. Um, but yeah, you mentioned zombies. That's a good segue. State of Decay two. Uh do you know, do we know if State of Decay 2 is only Xbox? I oh. have Google. <laughs> State of Decay 2. State of Decay 1 eventually came out on PC. It did. Um. Okay, so State of Decay 2 was actually the one uh, where I saw that it was coming out on the Windows Store, and I was like, well, scratch that. <laughs> it's coming out on X- uh, Xbox One and Windows Store. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll probably, ooh, it has co-op. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Wander, so, you want to get some use out of our Xbox Ones? <laughs> yeah, I'm super down. Uh, so I don't even State know of when it comes out. One, I'm going to. I think I'm going to start a series on it soon, actually, because I've been wanting to play it for a while. Ever since I, I saw like the like the one-off Here, video. By tell Best me when you do, so we can point. do it in parallel, because I want to do the same thing. Yeah, I I saw a. Uh, I saw the uh, best friends play do like a one-off of it, and I'm like, wait, this is actually like this looks mechanically interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it It looks like a gamified version of what I keep trying to do in my Fallout challenges, which is, like, survival, you know, build up a town, gather supplies, fight enemies, so on and so forth. It's like a uh, permadeath survival game crossed with the this war of mine system of having yeah. a roster of characters, and when each one of them dies, you have to, you won't, you're stuck with whoever's left and stuff like that. Yep. You're going around this and, open world, and you're scavenging things, and, you, like, stuff you're doing is remembered by the game, and you're, like... So let's scavenge out this building. Okay, that one's like empty now. We're done with that one. Or like, but like, maybe it has way too much stuff for you to carry. So you'll be like, okay, I'll I'll notify one of the other survivors to do a pickup, and they can they can come back and forth between the base and this building to keep scavenging for me while I'm doing other things. But then I have to be aware of like, oh, is that a danger zone? Like that specific buildings will be like hives, basically, where yeah. like they're so overrun that you it's almost you impossible don't to deal with them. with them. Yeah. So you're weighing like that risk of the location of the local hive or whatever versus like the path that your NPC will take because you don't want them to die, and then you might have to help them and stuff like that. And like, there's a lot of there's a lot of like simulation management stuff going on into on top of your third person action game and it's like it looks super mechanically interesting and i want to do an actual playthrough to yeah. delve I, into that it's also supposed I to be a, super jank <laughs> yeah i i played a couple hours of it and it was super janky uh I, the main problem i had with uh state of decay and why i've never actually done a series on it was the developers made a lot of missteps and like kind of re-released the game at full price uh without a discount to anybody that owned their like kind of previous versions and like couple other things but 
the fact that they're adding multiplayer mean, like when and it went making on it to look... console. I mean, yeah. when it went to Xbox One or something, or yeah, uh, what they did with oh, uh... never mind. The original State of Decay is no longer sold, but owners can buy the DLC here. Okay, yeah. so I didn't realize that the original State of Decay was ever on PC. I thought I thought it the re- I thought the re-release was the first one. Yeah. Oops. Um. So, uh, they sold State of Decay and its DLC, and then they made Year One Survival Edition, which is like the GOTY, which is available. Um, yeah. But they didn't give anybody. Uh, they didn't actually give anybody a discount on it. I'm not actually sure which one I own. <laughs> I yeah, I only own the original one. I don't. Uh, yeah, uh, I was uh, one of the people, looks and I don't. Like I have both. I, th- I think I might have stated gay through humble. Otherwise, uh, summer sales in like a yeah, what, like two I've weeks? never exp- I've never gone out of my way to buy this game, but it looks like I have both versions. So it must have been like a humble monthly, probably. yeah, uh, or or a sale. I think this game was on sale during Christmas. Actually, oh, yeah, I pretty, can see that. It was probably like seven dollars. Oh, no, uh, I guess I don't you, have any state of decay. If you buy, no, never mind. Yeah, I don't know, but it's, I'm it's, excited it's, for it because also multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, I have, definitely have the original, but it looks like because the original was only single player though. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how the sequel plays out with multiplayer. It's a, kind of a logical conclusion considering the. Way they group handled of survivors uh, running around and doing things. Yeah, yeah, how they handled it in the previous game, having another player in there makes logical sense. I, considering the the difficulties the game seemed to have the first time around, I wouldn't be surprised if they couldn't handle co op really that time around. Yeah, because I think oh, State yeah. of Decay was originally designed to be like an open world like MMO style game, and they took that giant map that they had and were like, "This isn't working," and they just turned it into a different game basically because. Uh, like I, I think that's I think that's actually like legit like part of the development history of that game is that it was supposed to be an MMO. I I know it's a story. I just I've never looked into it because they pissed off so many people. I'm like, well, I guess I'm just gonna back away from this for a moment. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh uh, yeah, it's originally it was originally titled Class Three. It's founder huh. uh, from Jeff Strain, co-creator of World of Warcraft. Uh. That's cool. I think it was supposed to be. Yep, it was supposed to be. Like they say, Class Four will be one of the first zombie, massively multiplayer online games to come to Xbox One, which is very. There's a lot of qualifiers, frankly. So that's kind of not a great claim to make in the first place. Yeah, one of the first MMOs on the Xbox One that's about zombies. <laughs> I'm like, that's all right. You added too many, but yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be an MMO, and it turned into this, and now they're well, making a sequel to that because people liked it. Yeah, probably for the best. MMOs are kind of super hit and miss. It's neat to see a, a troubled development cycle sort of salvage project yeah. turn into oh, like yeah. something interesting, as opposed to like Andromeda was supposed to be like No Man's Sky originally. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be an infinite super galaxy. Did you hear, like did you, have you seen like the Kotaku article where they break? They have no. tons of interviews about the development of Andromeda. Like that was supposed to be like a procedural generation game. I that was the original pro- goal, and it was supposed to have space wow. travel. It was supposed I- to be like No Man's Sky, but before they announced No Man's Sky, and they just like No Man's Sky did not realize it was a reali- terrible idea. Did not and land on what they were going yeah. for. <laughs> oh boy, that's probably for the best. That's interesting uh, to know about that. Yeah. It was going to be an even worse idea. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about Vampire? Seeing as bad ideas. 
Vampire? Oh, right. Yeah. 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 The game that we've actually been talking about sort of prior to this. <laughs> I am. Oh, which developer is this? This came up in another conversation. These are the same people as Life is Strange. Life is Strange. There yeah. we go. So I guess. Yeah. Let's also mention Life is Strange prequel as well. Yeah. So there's a company called Don't Nod. One upon, once upon a time, they made a game called uh, Re- Remember, Remember Me, Me which, which is was a game, pretty but terrible. Yeah. They had news articles. They had they had uh, interviews where they were like, "Oh, we had to fight for the ability to have a female protagonist that actually kisses a boy during the game." Was the thing they made a point of at the time because people didn't want the, the people were like, "Well, the audience is primarily male, so we want to don't want to make, make them kiss a guy. That'll make them uncomfortable." Was supposedly what people were saying about that crap. Uh, ultimately, was a game shunned for not having great gameplay in in general, really, and really yeah. people seemed to only compliment the rewind feature, where they would have a a gameplay segment where you're investigating some kind of thing, and you'd be rewinding and fast forward and playing back something, and and like that was supposed to be interesting, but apparently only happens like a couple times in the game. So I think it was it's un- four times total ish. Yeah, so um, it was like this was supposed to be the best part of the game, and it was underutilized, but. Yeah, I guess they must have clung to that because then they made Life is Strange, a game about a girl who has rewind powers and goes through Telltale game style adventures. Uh, Now things are getting weird because they announced Life is Strange 2, but the company that made Life is Strange is making Vampire some kind of vampire action game. Meanwhile, a completely different company that has primarily done crappy port jobs and a bunch of really uninteresting projects is making a Life is Strange prequel that is not Life is Strange 2. Yes. That, where you play as Chloe for three episodes before Life is Strange. Man, that's a complicated story. <laughs> and then they did the the thing that you absolutely hate where you have to either buy the bonus episode separately mm. or... Or pre-order the whole thing for whatever amount of money. I hate so, that. I hate that so I'm much. I'm really baffled by this thing because, like, Telltale Games popularized uh, episodic Ugh. games, and more or less. And I have my own issue with Telltale because one thing I hate about them is that they make this season pass for their game, and then they heavily discount it before the season's done. Yep. So it's like you're disrespecting, in a way, everyone who pays full price for your game by giving it like a 50% off or 75% off when like you're only like three episodes into your five episode season. So like, oh, yeah, people... I definitely bought uh, Walking Dead that it, way. It happened Walking Dead. It happened to Wolf, Wolf Among Us. It happened to every single season of their games. Uh, the whole point of paying full price is to get it first. But if you don't even get it first for a full price, what the like, what the hell? Like that's a stab in the back every time they do that. But mm-hmm. at least they make it straightforward, which is that the season pass is the five episodes or whatever number of episodes, and that's it. There's no weird gimmicks. Multiple companies now made this mistake. Uh, now we've had the King's Hitman Quest. game. We have a oh, King's yeah. Quest. If you uh, if you buy the like. The whole point of the season passes is it's supposed to be an option. You can buy the season yep. pass or you can buy each episode individually as they come out. And the season pass is like a pre-order discount or maybe not. Because Telltale games on PC are just one are just one game in many cases. And you, yeah. just, you just have to accept that the game's not out yet when it comes to the other episodes. But there's no episodic feature. Uh, in King's Quest's case, you could buy each episode as it came out. Or you could buy the complete story or whatever they called it for $40. If you didn't buy the complete story, you could not play the epilogue. There was an epilogue chapter, and you could not buy it. So when it came out, 
it was exclusive to people who bought the complete edition, which were people blindly supporting the full package before knowing any of it's going to be good. And there's no, there's no, there's way, no to way to buy it, to it after the fact. Like, what's the point of having episodic games if you can't buy an buy episode the before deciding to commit to the rest of the project? And King's Quest had specifically. I believe you could buy the first episode and then you could buy the rest of the episodes as a bundle. They specifically had a two through five bundle, which still is not the complete story. So you still don't get the epilogue for buying that version of the season pass. That's awful. And, and King uh, Hitman 2016 was similarly confusing where they had several different breakdowns of how to buy the game. And ultimately, if you didn't just blindly buy the full package, the complete story or whatever they called that was something like that, you would not get the nighttime versions of various levels that had different objectives and missions and so on and were different levels because they were like the nightlife version of each level. Like there weren't any completely unique maps, but they were unique playable scenarios. And they were exclusive to that specific bundle that you had to get from the get-go. And so they're doing that again here. Life is Strange 1. The original Life is Strange was five episodes. You could buy individually or as a bundle. And you could mix and match. And it didn't matter. This Life is Strange prequel, you have to buy the Season Pass, like, deluxe upgrade edition version thing in order to get the epilogue chapter where, you play as Cl- where you're going to play as Max again, apparently, for some sort of follow-up. If you buy the three episodes individually, you don't get the, you don't get all of it. But it's also super scummy because the uh, the three episodes are like five dollars each, right? So yep. the so the the season pass for just the episodes is like fifteen dollars. If you want the deluxe edition with the that has the epilogue, it's like twenty five dollars. The epilogue costs more than all of the other content in the game individually. But even though it has a suggestion of being a, a smaller, less important chapter. But it's bundled with a soundtrack and uh, costumes. It's like it's such a dick move to say yep. that if you wanted, the, if you want the complete story, you have to buy all of the cosmetic and bullshit DLC that people normally don't care about in their game. The other problem is uh, the voice actress for Chloe specifically is not returning to the role because of the voice actor uh, boycott. Ashley Birch will not be co- uh, Chloe again. Which might be okay, but probably won't be. That's really bad. Ashley Birch isn't playing the character that's the game. That's the main character. Yep. Oh, I mean, there are Ashley Birch sound-alikes out there because I misidentify. I I definitely misidentify her often enough. But boy, oh boy, yeah. So to be clear, this is a game that has a super predatory. Uh, pricing structure. It's being made by the people that didn't make the game that you actually care about if you care about Life is Strange. And it's not going to have the right voice actor. <laughs> A+. Plus. It's going to be yeah. great. Can't wait. <laughs> Who's the exact developer? I know they've the exact oh. developers made stuff in the past, but I they don't... They have, but not something you'd be happy to see. Yeah. At all. I'm trying to remember. Unfortunately, were... Google is not showing I, me. I looked at them before. They're like a porthouse. Like they're one oh, of deck, the It's Deck Nine. Deck Nine Games. They did Cool Borders and My Street and Madagascar Escape to Africa and uh, Ratchet Deadlocked and- HD and the Ratchet and Clank Collection and Ports, 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 Ports. They had a canceled project called Warrior's Lair. <laughs> then they made a lot they of made Android the and iOS Neopets. games. They made the Neopets action RPG on the PS2. That's hilarious. Yep. They and made terrible. Ne- Neopets, they made Madagascar, they did a lot of ports for games, and they made iOS games, and they have a... Yeah. They're only... Looking past these, yeah, 
Ratchet Deadlocked is HD, Ratchet Clank Collection, those are both HD remakes. So assuming they even made Madagascar, uh, yeah, because I don't know if they made well, it or ported it. Their their most recent project, like Madagascar is twenty two thousand eight. So yeah, in the it's last been nine years, years since they've made a game. What? Yeah, in the last ten years, Warriors Lair, the canceled PS3 project, is the only game they've tried to make in like this decade besides iOS games and HD remakes of other people's games. And Ouch. they're and they're gonna make the Life is Strange prequel trilogy series. That's worrying. Oh I mean, no. Maybe they've like wiped the studio and it's actually just populated with uh people can fly, <laughs> but I don't know. Um, I but still, yeah, so that's... I ugh. still more or less recommend Life is Strange, the original series. It's worth checking yeah. out if you like episodic adventure game narrative decision type things. Yeah, if you like Night in the Woods or uh, that other one that I totally forget. Um, um, the one where they're on the island and there's ghosts Oxen and shit. Free. I forget. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. That one. Yeah. Free um, Life is Strange and Night in the Woods all sort of belong together as this like semi-supernatural angsty. angsty teenager uh indie instagram yep. filter series <laughs> uh let's see but back to the original topic we've also been looking at the game that the main studio is making vampire which looks horrible <laughs> yeah it's boy oh boy we'll see yeah so the current life the original life is strange devs are making vampire so they're going back to making a another like third person action game with a very distinctive art style again like they did in their last two games but man we'll see if they can do it because like they don't have they have they managed to strike gold with life is strange and it sold exceptionally well and a lot of people are super into it i don't know if this is their strong suit and i don't know if so here's using what it seems like they use life is strange success as an excuse to go back to this right this so Sort of, yeah. The th thing is, I'm actually looking at Vampire, and it almost looks like they're trying to do a Souls-like style combat. Uh, they have the same, like, um, item thing in the bottom left corner, which is, like, healing items and, like, weapons that you can switch between. But it looks like you also have some abilities and some other stuff and maybe, like, a little bit more platforming. But, yeah. No, <laughs> so we could get our first ever uh, Bloodborne-like. Yeah, maybe. I... It's confusing, and I don't know where to go with it. I mean, if it turns out to be good, awesome, but I, it is hard to, like, be on board with this before actually, see, like, yeah, having I it in my hands. I found gameplay video now. It has... It, like, it looks like they're trying to cross uh, Bloodborne with, like, maybe Dishonored level of, like, maneuvering. Oh, I'm maneuvering. watching a 2016 video. Are, did you find a 2017 gameplay? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's that Mr. Ice and Fire guy that you were complaining about. <laughs> no, um, I, I found the official video on PlayStation. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, is there an actual... Oh, yeah, there it is. It's weird how there's such a an undercurrent of, like, channels that just take all the promotional videos and re-upload them themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is the same video. Yeah, no, it's absolutely trying to do the Bloodborne thing, because it's kind of this slow, methodical, dodging... Uh, honestly, it kind of reminds me of the Surge, but it's got the, the inventory. The that interface has to go. Yes, that's unfortunate. Uh, it's really, really plain, like really like flat. Like here's a rectangle that is your health bar and stuff like that, and they're just yeah. flat colors that seem not 
There's, yeah, nothing seems I, elegant about how they're on I the screen. I can tell which one's the health bar. Beyond that, not a clue. But yeah, it looks like they're trying to do kind of the Bloodborne thing. It, it's also with, it's got that uncomfortable up close cinematic camera where yeah, they, where they have to awkwardly it's too put close your, to the character. Yeah, it's too close to your character, so then they have to awkwardly put the character approximately one third to the left of the screen. So then the yeah. whole then that whenever you rotate around, like your your field of vision's all wrong because you can see way more on one side of your character than the other side of the character. And when you rotate, it feels like you're rotating the wrong axis and movement movement just looks weird. Like I don't know how widespread this thought process is, but for me it's always a it's such a peeve for me how weird this type of game's camera looks. Yeah. So it looks like it looks like it always looks like it's an alpha, even when it's in a finished game. But I haven't found gameplay yet. It's just a guy walking around a town slowly and then doing cutscenes. If you look at the, I want to say it's like five minutes in. He's actually fighting something. Yeah, about exactly at the five minute mark, he's fighting a dude Jimmy with a gun and a flamethrower. He's got a full on health bar and he's level sixteen. Except for like, I think yeah, he just kind that's of like a lock on and a dash and a, and a hack away attack. The weird part is, though, like, he murders the guy in, like, one special move, which is really confusing, and it's, like, slow and awkward, and I'm like, huh. But yeah, it does kind of look like they're trying to do a Bloodborne thing here. Yeah, they even, they yeah, they even have, like, the bottom left corner, like, plus sign of, uh, yeah, that's of what I was items about. you can interact with, except, except instead of being D-pad controls, those are, like, square and triangle and stuff like that, which is weird. Yeah. So they, so they set up, uh, yeah, that, what? What's going on there, actually? Their interface, they did the Dark Souls-style, like, like D-pad-shaped interface element in the bottom corner, which, by the way, is, of course, inspired by Legend of Zelda's weird tendency of literally showing a controller on the screen in half their games to say tell you how to control them. Like, that's that seems to be more or less where Dark Souls came from with some of its interface stuff. But this game has a D-pad-shaped interface... But then it's like that one's that one's square and that one's triangle and like square is on the left. I'm like, okay, that's where the square is on a controller. Triangle is on the right. Why would you have a D-pad shaped interface Wait, for I'm your items? Look at that. Oh, yeah, triangles on the right, not the top. Triangles on the top oh. of the controller. Why did you make a D shape? Why is there a D-pad shaped controller input thing and it doesn't match the D shape the D the D-pad shape of the actual face buttons on a controller? I, I think I think the D-pad is to swap. Maybe. between things I, and God, then i hope the, so and then the square and the triangular to use them but i don't know what's up but then up that above, raises questions because like is does that mean that the d-pad is how you control the? oh what's yeah what's going on here okay so uh so triangle is to shoot your gun square is to hit in melee the r l1 whatever those are all your your special abilities okay, so it's just a con- and the d- it's a confusing display then so the okay yeah, it actually makes sense once once I understand it. So, so if you it press literally le- is Dark Souls. Then you press yeah, the D pad you- buttons to swap out your weapons, your weapon and, and shield <laughs> with the left and right on your D pad, and then up and down are consumables. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm this almost is, more. We positive found another Souls like our Souls like our Souls likes will blot out the sun. Okay. <laughs> Next year we need to do uh, some kind of E3 drinking game for this specific, like just a podcast. We all like sit down with notes and then rules for the drinking game, and then I sit can't down. Wait and just for all the like, comments like when I play this game, saying how this game is obviously has nothing to do with Souls, <laughs> Dark Souls, or Bloodborne, Dude. and all of my comparisons are completely unfair, and I'm biased and stuff. I like had that. that happen with the surge. I had somebody telling me to go back to Dark Souls. 
calling me an entitled prick for demanding like kind of core mechanics from Dark Souls to come back into the surge because without them the game didn't make as much sense. And they're like, go back to Dark Souls if you love it so much. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> did not expect that. People get really mad uh, when I point out that Neo is so <laughs> similar to Dark Souls, and it's like, I I can only I can't type that list out again, but like. At one point, I, I responded with a comment that was just like an essay-length thing of love of comparisons because the number of identical things is so long that it's almost easier to list the things that are different, and those different things can be big in some of these games, and that's and that's that's noteworthy, yeah. But that's what makes it a Souls-like, just like roguelikes and roguelites and stuff like that. Like, yep. there's a specific formula of things that makes it that type of game, and you can and. If you're if you're gonna try to say that's just what goes into an action RPG, you are lying. <laughs> you are literally being well, intentionally you're, you're technically, difficult. <laughs> you're technically right, but also, yeah, very much intentionally yeah. difficult. This is this is very so very souls like inspired, and that actually now that I've seen combat, because all I had seen was him just awkwardly walking around town, thinking like this is stupid. Now that I've seen the combat, I'm like, okay, maybe they actually have a decent base to go off of. It still might be kind of bad because it didn't look like there was any of the tension or the weightiness. And instead, it's just like, I'm going to make this guy explode into blood because maybe we don't actually have a melee attack animation yet. Question yeah, this, mark. this game is Souls-like to the point of having a straight up like refilling stamina bar and a dash move that with invincibility frames and a giant health bar on the bottom of the screen and a D-pad shaped inventory for your consumables and, your, and swapping out your left and right handed items and having a magic bar and a health bar and so on and so forth like in a visceral attack apparently judging by how he kills the boss like yep there are yeah this is this might be our first uh tri- not i mean i don't think i'd call don't nod triple a but it's our it's our first ever double a bloodborne like then because yeah. the only other Bloodborne like we have so far, I think, is that one 2D side scroller indie game that was like a solo project called like Oh was it called uh not Bloodstained, but like something blood or something like that. Hard to keep track oh. of his name sometimes, but there's, oh, there's Are you thinking of the Castlevania remake? No. Because that's what uh that's what Bloodstained is. No, not Bloodstained. I think. Definitely. Oh, Shrouded Insanity. Oh. Yeah, that's not a new one. That's been that's on Steam already. But that's the, that's our only thing that I could call uh an oh. attempt at a at a Bloodborne like. But it's like a it's more of like a Bloodborne fan game than anything. Like its gameplay is not necessarily similar, but its aesthetic and interface are ripped directly from Bloodborne. It actually got decent reviews, which is a surprise. Yeah, it's it's been on my very long spreadsheet of things to get to one day. Uh, I didn't even hear about it. It's 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 probably not amazing because word of mouth spread nowhere for it. Oh yeah, but it's prob. But I I want to take a look at it at some point. But Actually, now we, now we got a double the... A one is what I probably yeah. call don't nod. Yeah, unfortunately, probably not multiplayer. So I don't know if I'll play it. Maybe I did okay with the surge, so it I'll might be look worth trying. I want to support this move in general. Yeah, not only that's do why I, I like the, the idea. Of, yeah, not only do I like souls like the idea of souls like becoming a genre in its own right, but I also and whatever who knows what we'll call it ultimately. Because uh, right now we're in the GTA clone phase and Doom and yeah. Doom clone phase well, of calling I mean, we got, of naming the we genre. Got, we got Salt and Sanctuary, so like if if we can get some more Salt and Sanctuary equivalents, I will be very happy. Like the yeah. surge was not nearly as bad. I said some unkind things about it. 
that are technically still true, but overall the experience was positive. Positive. And if other companies can perfect it, then that'll be really and good. And Neo is a I fantastically like designed game that makes the unfortunate choice of deciding to pad itself out massively so that the more yeah. you play it, the worse it gets because the game just doesn't have more to give you at some point. Yeah, it just drags on. Yeah, but like there's like there's, there's room in this thing. It's it's interesting because it t- I love the Souls-like concept of a genre because it takes the strength of RPGs, which is having a heavily customizable character that's built around the specific playstyle you want to do, but still goes into like careful, methodical exploration and ra- and like highly escalated like Twitch gameplay when things go wrong, like that that like thing where it's like it's not about it's not Bayonetta. It's not about memorizing crazy button combos and doing super combos and stuff like that. It's about, but it's about being super engaged in what's going on because it, and it, because it can go wrong immediately, which means yep. you have to dodge the attacks. You have to hit openings. You have to be, it's that old, it's that older, it's that older, like NES style thing where you just had to play games carefully back in the day. Cause yeah. uh, a lot of modern RPGs go the other way and you kind of just mash your way through fights. And it's just not as satisfying. And w- and that's the Bioware issue a lot of times. It's like, I love the story and the characters and the interactions and, and stuff like that. But the gameplay itself is often either mindless or if you pump up the difficulty, it instead of becoming engaging and fun and hard, it mostly just becomes tedious. It's just tedious. punishing and annoying, yeah. It either becomes over, it either becomes like an, an unbalanced kind of awkward punishment, punishing or, or, or it instead becomes... Uh, just grind like your reward yep. for wanting a higher difficulty is just that the fights take way longer and not and aren't yep. actually more engaging. So like the souls like thing is a really good thing to go into because the gameplay at the core of that subgenre is a good idea. And you just need to build a good game around that gameplay and people are getting close and some of them are yep. even nailing it already. And oh, yeah, even I mean, even indie games are doing it at some point. So like, yeah, I want to see Aether come out, whatever. And I yeah, want to see that other side scrolling one that has supersized bosses come out. And I'll take I'll I'll take a look at Vampire and Ashen. And what was the other one? Uh, oh, Code <laughs> Vein. Code Vein. I can't believe you have three souls like in one E three yeah. already. All right. There's probably more that we totally missed. Yeah, probably. And because we haven't even gone through the full list necessarily. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, I'd say we've only maybe touched upon half the things from my list, and then that's like a quarter of the overall list. Oh, and that's also okay. A thing that I think that's probably good news. Uh, there's a Xenoblade Chronicles two. Not good news. Is it not good news? No. Nope. All I know about it. All I've seen is the name so far. <laughs> it's I. So I'm a huge Xenoblade fan. I loved the original one, though I never have beaten it. But it was amazing and had like a really nice, rich storyline, cool characters. Little kind of clunky here and there, you know, uh, iffy voice acting, some questionable design mechanics. But overall, like a good experience. Chronicles X made it mechanically more interesting, but tried to make it into an MMO. Which was bad because it was single player, and then it ended on a cliffhanger. And was now Chronicles X even a 2. sequel, really? Or was no, the, it or wasn't. they just call it that? They just called it that because it's the same. It's like Xeno Gears versus Xeno Saga. Okay, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Chronicles Two, and what is this art style? Yeah, that's the problem. Um, I don't, I don't know. Originally, I just saw like the teaser last year, and I was like, okay, I can get behind this. Uh huh. now that I'm looking at it, it. Honestly, it looks more like a kind of bad Tales of game, and the main character looks boring and has the weirdest outfit ever, and then the chick who I think is his sword 
is like kind of just a useless support character slash also his sword with like really large tits that they show off several times. And I'm just like, this suddenly makes me worried because I like the Xenoblade games because they were very mature and interesting JRPGs comparatively. And yeah, they got a little bit anime, but whatever. Are they at least this keeping one the looks... European localization or are they scrapping yeah. that too? It's uh well that's one of the other weird parts. The main character has like a more mature English voice actor for a like eleven looking year old kid. It's like <laughs> uh that, that was that was I'll one of the first it. things that piqued my attention about uh the original Xenoblade game. I'm like, I kind of want to play a JRPG that it's, has that has uh, great, European actually. localization instead of instead of American. <laughs> I, I've been playing uh, Dragon, the most recent Dragon Quest Heroes like uh, Warriors crossover game, and they've got European localization, and I'm actually pretty okay with it because it's yeah. like I'm not just listening to Matt Mercer and Ashley <laughs> Birch, and uh, it was really whomever... cool playing Nino Kuni because the fairy character that goes around with you has a Welsh accent. Yeah, and that is so refreshing. I'm like, oh, there's something yeah. besides American voices in this fantasy universe for once. Cool. Yeah. And, and, and it's not uh, just the awkward Bioware like off-brand British voice. <laughs> so, uh, they're they're keeping with that voice acting style, which is good, and I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not as like clunky or anime as it looked, but it looks <laughs> so much more like a Tales of game that I it, actually it really had kind does of like actually. a uh, like a withdrawal of like maybe I'm not going to play this. I probably am anyway, just because I want to support that developer because his stories tend to be more interesting. Like, as much as I hate how Chronicles X ended, it was at least trying to be interesting as opposed to, like, I Am Setsuna, which is just, like, fucking... Derivative of the game? Yeah. So slavishly derivative that it refuses to take any risks or do anything interesting? Yep. I, I'm already forgetting that game, and I played it not yeah. too long ago. Oh, yeah. Shell had me uh, recap the ending, and she didn't remember it. Um, But... <laughs> Following uh, your thing about, like, positive cool things coming, Metroid Prime 4 uh, has been announced, which I'm really excited for, because uh, yeah, Metroid have been Prime... asking for a new Metroid Prime for so long. A decade, and... So I, I had some feeling there had to be a new Metroid coming out, just because they did that terrible, terrible Metroid property this, this yes. last year, and I'm like... Surely you wouldn't be, like, stabbing people like that unless you also are working on an actual Metroid game and you just aren't ready to tell everyone yet. Because, like, that yeah. game was infuriating to everyone who cared about that uh, the Metroid yep. property. Because th they were calling that thing Force. Metroid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but so wow, they announced... Then, so the Metroid 4 uh, trailer is just a logo. Yeah, it's just a logo. It's <laughs> So they did that with Metroid Prime 4, and they also did that with a Pokemon game for the Switch. They're like, by the way, there's going to be a mainline Pokemon game for the Switch, not like <laughs> Pokemon DX like we just showed you and made everybody disappointed for. It. And it's like, OK, I I do not regret my Switch purchase, but the more I uh, the less I regret my Switch purchase, the more I regret my Wii U purchase, because everything that they could have ever released for the Wii U is coming, coming out, out on the, the Switch, Switch. And I'm like, yeah, it's, I'm mildly sad about that. It's but, really weird that. It took this long for there to be a console Pokemon that isn't like a weird gimmick game, like uh, yeah. Hey You Pikachu and Pokemon Snap, or the Pokemon Colise Stadium games. Colosseum almost made it there, but it was too gimmicky to be worth it. Was Colosseum any different sucked. from Pokemon Stadium games? Yeah. Um. So Pokemon Colosseum. Oh, Colosseum was like the Naruto style game. Yeah. Uh. Well, was like an maybe? arena fighter. No, you're thinking of Pokemon. Uh. Pokemon Colosseum <laughs> was yeah. Um. 
uh, Pokemon Coliseum was Pokemon Stadium, but instead of the mini games, they had a honest to goodness like campaign, like full Pokemon game, but with like some kind of weird storytelling quirks, and it was kind of limited because it was like they weren't sure it was an experiment. And they so weren't they sure did, if they, they wanted to have, like, a mainline game. Yeah, so it was cl- very clearly just supposed to be Pokemon Stadium again, but they wanted to, like, experiment and see if people would play Pokemon on the console, and ultimately it failed because the Pokemon game itself had no draw. Um, You couldn't catch Pokemon. You had to steal them from other people in certain circumstances, and so it pretty much just meant, like, I think there were only 50 Pokemon you could get in the entire game, and I think there were, like, 300 out already. Uh, so it was just kind of like, I don't have as much attachment to this. And it also had like a main character with this like weird car. It, it was the Shadow the Hedgehog of Pokemon games, I guess. Oh, this is like way back there, on the GameCube. Yeah, there's a GameCube. Yeah. And then it made a second one. I have no idea if that actually had a campaign or not, um, or a story mode, but I, it looked like a fun game. I played an amount of it and it had some fun mechanics, but ultimately, uh, playing a Pokemon game on a console at that time did not appeal or make any sense to me. What an unfortunate uh, art better. style. Yeah, it was bad. Pokemon Coliseum went full Yu-Gi-Oh. Yep. With like a guy with stupid hair and a weird costume with too many weird sex accessories just doing his weird Coliseum duel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Pokemon Stadium was a weird project. Like, at, at the t- like with Stadium at the time, like, as a kid, I didn't question it because I'm like, I'm a kid getting a toy. But nowadays, if I saw that property come out, and I would, I would be like... So you're going to make a whole game that's just a 3D visualizer for the handheld game and has yep. almost no other features besides a few, like, Mario Party-style minigames. I, I don't think I even really played the Coliseum stuff ever. I just played the minigames because they were fun. Yeah, I like, miss, I, like, I had some fun games. with the minigames, but I think there was only, like, four. But, yeah. like, the core selling of that was to literally be a game where you could plug, like, Pokemon Blue into and see a 3D copy of Charizard. Fire yeah, 3D I think that was it. The Alakazam. magic of a 3D, 3D copy. Like, nowadays, that wouldn't fly because you already have fairly nice-looking 3D. So unless they did, like, ultra-realistic yeah. or something, what's that, the point? If they weren't at the the peak of the hype of Pokemon's early uh, phase, that would be so hard to get away with that crazy thing, yep. let alone get a sequel out of it because they made a second stadium, I think. Yeah, they did. Second stadium was better, somehow. <laughs> well, they had to iterate, obviously. It's how video games work. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess the last game we should probably mention is A Way Out. Have you seen that? Right, that's the jailbreak game, right? Yeah, by the Brothers Tale of Two Sons uh, Weird, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it makes perfect sense if you think about it. And that game I am super looking forward to. Because split screen co-op, online or local, which is such a like a neat idea, and you're supposed to be working together. And the idea of a game that's that based around co-op is super exciting for me. Yeah, I think more games should give you the option of having split screen, despite the fact that you're playing online. Yeah, just because there's a lot of games where telling what your your co-op friend is doing right now is really helpful. And yeah, a- I really liked that in Portal where you could press like tab and you could see what they were seeing. I thought yeah. that was a good idea. And this one does it probably better. Um, but it looks a, like what an escalation. Like a- what an escalation of scale, though, from Brothers of Tale of Two Sons. Well, who's the. So they're not publishing it this time around, though. Uh, like Brothers well, I think, Tale I think, of the, Two I think Sons. Brothers was published by like. Was it Microsoft or something? Um, Maybe. 
Okay, Hazelight Let's Studios. Play the wiki game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it was published by 505, apparently. Okay, and this time it's being published by EA. So I think what happened is... um. Wait, what? I guess if they I... just got picked up for their crazy project. The weird part is if I click on... um. Oh, that's odd. Wait, if I the... click on the developer, it says... It brings me to just some Swedish dude. Who I guess is the director. Wait, I like that they're known as the brothers developers now. But like, I, I just realized that Starbreeze Studios, like that's the people that public that they made both Chronicles of Riddick games. Wait, Starbreeze? Are you yeah. getting Starbreeze and Hazelight confused? Uh, brothers of Tale of Two Sons was developed by Starbreeze Studios. Interesting, because the thing I was looking at said, oh, okay, so I think. Here's how it went for Brothers Tales of Two Sons. Um, yeah. So there's actually a difference here. Starbreeze are the people that made the Riddick games and they program and designed Brothers. It was directed by Yosef Ferris, who is the, I guess, only member of Hazelight Studios, but he's the guy behind <laughs> A Way Out. Uh, Starbreeze is behind Dead by Dead by Daylight now, so they've they've split ways, and now it's the director specifically moving from Brothers Tale of Two Sons to A Way Out, and then really the developer confusing. made their own thing. That is confusing. Um, but I guess EA picked them up. Starbreeze is like, currently making a game called Overkills: The Walking Dead. Oh boy. I did not like Dead by Daylight, so I feel like losing uh, Yosef Ferris, the director, writer, or whatever, kind of sent them on a tailspin. But I guess if it works. Why are we talking about Dead by Daylight? That's de de developed by Behavioral Digital. Oh, because it says here that Starbreeze made it. Fuck, what? No, no they published it. it. <laughs> oh, God, that's so confusing. Yeah, Starbreeze is also publishing Psychonauts 2 and System Shock 3. What? I don't they're, get it. They're just, they're just a pub Yeah, everyone's a developer publisher now. Old orders breaking down. Soon Nintendo's going to develop a game that was actually developed by Nintendo, as in like the logo. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So Starbreeze made Brothers Tales of Tucson, but 505 published it. But now they're publishing Psychonauts. Yeah, Starbreeze made The Darkness and Chronicles of Riddick and Payday 2 and Brothers of Tale of Two Sons, but they publish Dead by Daylight, John Wick Chronicles, Psychonauts 2. Raid, World War Two, and System Shock 3. What? Yeah. Okay. Apparently they're a publisher now. That's Starting confusing. with Dead by Daylight. And it looks like only one game per year is being published by them, maybe. So that's not a, really not a odd. big one. I don't understand it. I mean, honestly, but, what is a publisher? <laughs> yeah. But either way, it looks I like... Uh, the people that EA, decide to do PR? I, it, so for A Way Out, it just looks like they picked up the the director and writer of Brothers Tales of Two Sons and then gave him his own studio. Um but I am I don't know, I'm really looking forward to it. It looks like it's going to be fun, you know, kind of linear story co-op. That was a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, that was. I don't like the Wikipedia game. It's scary. <laughs> it's almost it's like the AMDB game but but it's asymmetrical and confusing. Yeah. But I don't know. I that was a super standout because I wasn't expecting it, and it looks like it's going to be nice. And they're going with kind of a telltale like visual style without their like gritty textures, just kind of a way clean. Out? Yeah, 
like it, uh, it's a very clean visual style. I don't think I'd compare anything about what I'm looking at to Telltale. I I was thinking in terms of like uh, fidelity, like how like how detailed the models like, are. They have like straight up like hair and like hair grain and wrinkled clothes and three D uh, everything's three D right. models and everything. The faces it looks like so... LA Noir maybe. Yeah, maybe I. The faces just look simpler than. Uh, I guess they're just going for a stylized s- style. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely more L.A. noir. For whatever reason, I thought it was closer to like kind of detailed, textured models. Yeah, everything's a little like clay looking, but it's definitely not yeah. like a. It's definitely not like a cell shaded like comic book Sorry, art I, style. I, I saw the. Uh, I saw their presentation a couple days ago, and so my brain I think got overwritten by Ashen or something. And so everything looks kind of extra low poly right now. Um, I'm just quite yeah. I'm just wondering how how much gameplay decision the player has because like if you're talking about a prison breakout crazy scenario, like you almost hope for it to be like a hitman or a dishonored Multiple or routes. something like that with like where like yeah. you can like make your own solutions for things, but it might be like a super scripted co op scenario where you're kind of both playing through your your separate linear campaigns that are that are tied to each other. So we I won't, we won't know how interesting either. it turns out to be until it comes out. I mean, if it's super scripted, that's kind of the same way that like Portal 2 was to some degree cuz usually there's like one solution to a problem. Yeah, but... but it's the difference between a co-op game where you like you solve a thing together and like work together to solve a problem and do things like that or a co-op game where you have to open a door together. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Ugh. I remember that from Resident Evil. Yeah. Like, well, by the way, I saw t- in, in the cuts in the in the trailer they show them opening a door together, and I'm like, uh oh, uh oh, because like that. Yeah. There could be a whole lot of like, we got to do this part together, and like, it's not so much that you're cooperating as much as you're just doing the tasks you're supposed to do, which is kind of what Brothers was, honestly. But Brothers yeah. was trying to get a, an emotional message across through its mechanics, ultimately. Oh. But. Yeah, like, that game was a game where two characters just had to, like, this person has to stand at this spot so they can carry, put boost the other guy here, who then picks them up so that they can grab that thing. And, like, it was a... Brothers Brothers was not a game where you solved things or thought or would in, express yourself in any way. It was a game where you did the by-the-numbers thing that had to be done to finish the game, and only a specific character do each thing, so they cooperated. And yeah. that, this might be that. So we'll I don't know we'll see when it comes out if it turns out to be interesting or just a uh, uh or or if it's just the equivalent of like being the guy who gets to run an E3 demo of like look at this cinematic thing. <laughs> I guess I'm just being hopeful because it looks like a fun experience. Yeah, but it it's, stood it's out because it was unique. Yeah, it's one of those things uh, where like I on a surface level it looks cool, but I've been I've seen too many cases of No Man's Sky type situations. We're like, oh, I can see behind this a little bit of like what it might actually be. <laughs> yeah, no, so that's that's very true. We'll see. We'll yeah. see how much we're doing things besides pressing forward. <laughs> yep. Maybe uh, that's a cool there's... story though, because then I can just yeah, enjoy that it, part. It looks like it has a nice emotional story. So I like movies and games. So if it's in the middle somewhere, I still can like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is there anything else from the list you want to talk about? Because um, we're pretty much at the end here. I'm still I mean, playing catch-up on E3 a lot. I'm sure we've left yeah. out something somebody wants to talk about, but oh, it's, been I mean, almost two, it's been two hours now, so I think... There's a ton. There's, be, oh, what's, I, wait. I think I've heard... So I'm going by names that I, names of games I've seen a lot on Twitter, basically. 
of like yeah. people keep talking about it. One of them was a way out that came up yeah. a lot. Then yep. of course there was Anthem. I yep. want to say that people kept saying the last night. Last night is a super oh, stylistic it's a cyberpunk game. <laughs> cyberpunk 3D slash like eight. Well, not eight bit, but like retro style game. It looks cool, but I need to see more of the gameplay to truly understand it. Uh, there's Griftlands, which is Clay's newest title IP, whatever that looks amazing. There's uh, Wylands, which Ooh. is the Arma Devs Minecraft like. Uh, what was this that? This art style's a trip. For last night, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to talk oh more about God. that, but I think we'll. I think we're gonna have to save the last night for when it actually comes out because yeah. I literally can't process. For now, we have nothing to go it. on about this game besides the fact that it's probably yep. some kind of side scroller thing yep. like the fall or whatever but man if that's not one of the coolest art styles i've seen in a long oh, yeah. time it looked awesome and so shell was watching it and shell hates 8-bit games for the most well, yeah. not 8-bit, but pixel so for, games so for those that are listening to this in the it. audio version or something like this is like it's like that super simplified 2d pixel art that you see in in for lack of better comparison like mcpixel and stuff like that where it's just yeah. really like almost like overly retro like super pixely art but the environments are 3D and it has like atmosphere and particle effects and stuff stuff going on in like these 3D environments that 2D pixel characters are navigating in it and the camera is swooping through that in, in a cool way that like it's just immediately it looks, a trip. It looks really cool. There it's was like, um yeah, it's like a 2D 3D a hybrid going for the Blade Runner aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. Which that's is really cool. That's but, new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's see what else is there that I'd like would have liked to talk about. Uh, Starlink Battle for Atlas, which is like Ubisoft's new, like kind of Starfighter game, looks fun, but you have to buy toys to play it, which sucks. Uh, Ooblets, which is kind of like a Pokemon game, which looks actually really cool. Uh, Metro Exodus, which also looks really nice. I mean, there's so many more games yeah, that we could talk that, about. From I would e say that was E3, E3 2017. This is yeah. our, our the one probably the one time of the year that we break our our sort of rule about talking about games that aren't out yet too much. Yeah. Because I, I don't like talking about future games oh, yeah. too much because it's frustrating if, you don't know about them. Yeah, especially uh, I had this problem with Gungeon. Are you going to play Gungeon? Are you going to play Gungeon? Are you going to play Gungeon? Yeah. It's like six months in advance and I'm like, can stop asking, please. So we'll um, see which of these games ever get com ever come out and which ones yeah. get canceled. There's other stuff. There's a fucking another thing called Skyrim again because they can't let that one die. There's a Shadow of the Colossus remake. There's a Pokemon Switch. There's blah, blah, blah. Paid mods. We'll talk about that. Yeah. As we'll a see stuff thing. when it comes out. See you yeah. next time.